Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode I don't remember, 35-3. <laughs> and we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. But this week is very special because this week we celebrate our seventh anniversary on the show. Seven seventh years. anniversary doing the show. Seven years. That's- seven years of podcasting. Seven years of madcap hijinks. Seven years of video game music. Seven years of me not really playing video games that much. Hey, it's I mean, under- seven years of you bringing Wawa and eating it in my basement or my office. That's right. Yeah. It's just how it works, man. Some <laughs> we, things just need to be consistent. We are live streaming this episode all on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Rhythm and Pixels. I want to thank everyone who's who's joining us there today. It's Electric Boogaloo, GameFan44, Martyrus, uh, Mike, we got Ulf Person, um, Curly Kevin, Musasha219, Curly Kevin. Um, everyone's Bing. hanging out. People, I, I suspect people are going to probably going to dive in and out of the show. Maybe we'll get a maybe we'll get a fun Twitch bot in there. It's going to give us some some ads for some penis pills. I cannot wait to see it. Oh boy! Only if they're discounted. I don't take full <laughs> price anything. And then after this, we're having dinner and playing board games. So this is a full night. That's right, yeah. which I'm fine with. Um, what we do on our anniversary show is listen to our favorite songs of the past year. And believe it or not, that is extremely difficult Very to pull diff- off. We play, a, we play a lot of music on this show. We are a weekly podcast. I missed last week. Let's not talk about that one. But we are a weekly podcast. <laughs> so we play, I mean, that's a lot of shows. I mean, that's, I mean, we included the bonus beats because the bonus beats are like one we can't get together or I want to do something special. And it's like a mixtape of music. But this is, this is a lot. So we decided to nail down each of us to get 10 of our favorite tracks. And there's something to be said about yeah. this too because we were talking about this upstairs earlier. I was talking about it with a friend last night, and I was talking about it on Thursday during the Game Awards, too. <laughs> There's something to be said about picking a list of favorites, because if you go at it from the full scale, like the game community at large, most of the time they're going to be from tracks of games that most people have played. You know, the big budget releases that if someone's only buying two or three games an entire year, it's going to be one of those three games, right? So, God of War Ragnarok, this track is my favorite track of the year, or whatever. But if you go down to the micro-level individuals, some that play tons of different games, some that play games that you're going to sail, whatever, what have you, suddenly the scope expands, which means you might find yourself hearing tracks that are favorites or games that are favorites when they come up in the Game of the Year episode that we'll do later. We'll do that one later because you'll, be you'll be in charge of that. Oh, yeah. You'll be in charge of the person who actually played the game. <laughs> so, like, fun fact, I've played, like, 200 games this year, so oh that's a lot. But, um... When you get to the micro level, you start hearing people suggest games that other people are like, what the hell game is that? And I can promise you, assure you, that on this episode, on this podcast, many of our favorite tracks are going to be from games where it's like, maybe five people have played them. Yeah. Uh, mine mine run the gamut. I picked a lot of classic stuff. One, my, my absolute, absolute favorite track, I guarantee no one played. Really? No one played it. Interesting. You, you didn't play it. Now that's a shocker. It's gonna be from Armor Core. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 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 the best track. <coughs> it's the best track of the of the decade, at least. Damn, I that's, know that's that's volumes. You're you're putting out there some vibes, my it's friend. It's really good. It's really really good. So let's look back on the year. So we've had almost probably like forty nine mainline episodes. Okay, because I mean, bonus beats, bonus beats, maybe forty eight. 
We have had, uh, let me count these through. We've had, I want to thank our guests that we've had on this year. We've only had eight guests this year, which is actually kind of light. We usually do a little bit more. It's a combination of just being like, I don't know, it's just me, but like sometimes I'm like, I don't want to really bother the guests and be like, hey, you want to come on our show? And we're a real super nerd fan. <laughs> you want to come on our show? And a lot of it's it feels just weird sometimes. Coordination of like schedules and stuff. So um, we want to thank uh, Dedeco. We want to thank Martyrus, Rage Cage, Chris Baines, um, Carlos. We had Carlos on the show this year. Nintendrew. That was fun. That was a good one. Uh, Quad Pro Quo, which we still need to hook up with. Yes, they're we in do. Delaware. Mm-hmm. They do a great show. Yes, they do. But the only thing is, I, my goal is I want to be the one to choose the movie because I got some movies I like. I can finally get people to force them to talk about this film with me. You bet your sweet bippy. I, I don't think I'm going to watch Midsummer, but I think you. you Predestination. Love... <laughs> and uh, Bedroth. I want to thank Bedroth as well. We have Bedroth on the show. Um, but can you think? I mean, I'm putting you on the spot. Is there a topic or an episode this past year that you've liked the most? I like the weird ones. The um, weird ones. I liked Fly Cry Baby a lot. I like that one a lot. Um, I liked Hard as Nails because I just like discussing difficult games in general. Um, the Pernell Multiverse was just fun because it got me thinking about a lot of like my past <laughs> yeah. stuff and just like being goofy. Good Place Games was a great time. Yeah, that was really, really good. I liked the Madden Effect. I think that was a podcast. That a was Patreon episode. That was really funny. Um, I, I like episodes where we dive into some, kind of the history of some things I might not know about, like um, Sonic Origins and Sonic Handhelds. Mm-hmm. Actually, Sonic Handhelds was the one because like, I never played a lot of the handheld games, especially the Game Gear ones. And so it was really fun to listen to all that music. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some of my favorites. And yeah. though I can't name a specific topic for this, I do like episode topics where it's like, it's like usually guests will bring it up or even you will. But a lot of times the guests will be like, I want to do this. And I'm like, I have like no experience with any of this. <laughs> Despite all the stuff I spend time on, I have nothing here, which means I got to do extra homework yeah. to find games. It's just I do how I do this. I got to play them, too, within like a period of like a week or two. To be like, okay, I was able to find these games and play them, so now I feel comfortable picking tracks from them. Let's go. Um, something else we did this year was we celebrated our 300th episode. Whoa, that was something, That too. was pretty closely right after our anniversary show. Because that was the one where in the odd cast, was that the one we picked like our favorite tracks from the entire run of the show? I think so. Um, actually, well, it was favorite topics. It was favorite topics. Favorite and topics, and we, we chose, chose new ones. Because I was like, there's all new picks on the, on the spreadsheet here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's really good. And we also did a packed super show. Our next episode next week is going to be all about Penny Arcade Expo Unplugged. Which I actually went to this year. Actually, it depends. It depends. We'll have to figure oh, it out. Oh, let's get the guest on. Yeah, because yeah. I do want to do the Penny Arcade Expo stuff because, like you said, you did get to go, which means you guys need to talk about some stuff that you like there. But we got a surprise pinch hitter guest on the show that's coming on next week. And he basically is going to be playing a live set at MAGFest. And he's got a new album coming out before MAGFest. Yeah, MAGFest so. is coming up soon, which mm-hmm. is also terrifying to me. <laughs> like, what? It, How did that happen so fast? It just creeps up. The whole goal, all we have to do is make sure we get in there and set up our stuff in advance, and everything else will just happen. That's, that's how it works. I'm going to tell you. I did, I get anxious every year, every time I'm on a panel for MAG. It's never been a panel that I made myself. It's always been like, a, just I was on SML. Yeah. I'll get invited. Like, it'll be SML. Um, one year, um, X-Strike Studios, every year they do Name That Tune, and they had me come up there to help run it like with the audio and stuff. So they had a full ballroom, full of people, was packed, and they had me in charge of updating the scoreboard. That was all I had to do, and I messed up during the panel, oh, no. and everybody was looking at me like, this guy can't run a scoreboard. I'm like, look here, man, it's my first day. <laughs> Get off the <laughs> back. It was like... 
the anxiety was all yeah. in here, but I was so, like, play it off. So we're not doing, we're not gonna do a name that tune on our show, but we gotta come up with something fun. No, we could. That's the thing. We could. I have ideas, but we all have to right, talk right, we'll about, talk about that later. All right. Um, so we're gonna go in. This is an odd number episode, so you're gonna kick us off. Uh, we have each of us pick maybe our top two or maybe top three of the entire year, but the rest was really hard to organize, especially since a lot of the music is very different. Mm-hmm. So it's just these are the favorites, but not ordered favorites yeah. until you get to the back uh, end. I, I'm, I'm going to guess. I want to I want to make some early guesses about what's going to be in your picks. Oh. Now, making sure you did not see this large purple and black post-it I can't. Notion. I can't read your handwriting from here. Oh, good, 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 <laughs> good. If I get up close to it, I still can't read it. All right, I'm going to guess that you got some La Mulana music. I'm going to guess that you've got, um, man, that's all I've got. <laughs> and, you, and and the answer to that is, no, you're wrong. And I'm wrong. Okay. You're wrong about that. This will be a trip then. Okay. So, And also, I asked if you had these tracks because I feel like I'm worried that a couple of you are going to be like, crap, where did I get this track the first time we played it? Um, oh, really? Well, we, we can we can, we can can find these things as we go. Well, let's make the first one be exactly that. <laughs> so <laughs> my first track comes from the game Radio Viscera, and the track title is called See Something, Slay Something, composed by Owen Deary. Do you remember which uh, episode that was from? I do. 32-8, the Purnell Multiverse, aired on May 18th, 2022. Oh, okay. I, I don't have... I don't have dates. <laughs> I got all the dates right before we started. Oh, man.
back. You were just listening to See Something, Slay Something from the game Radio Viscera, composed by Owen Deering and played on episode 32-8, the Pernell Multiverse, on May 18, 2022. So, fun fact, I'm going to get worried when we get to the top three, and I'm like, wait a minute, this probably should have been in the top three after all, because I'm sorry. Like I said earlier in the episode, we had a year of fantastic music selections, whether it be by us, through Patreon submissions, through guest submissions. It's just been good music. And when you get to that level of quality jams, and you're told to kill some of your babies off and keep only ten for survival. This is this is one. It, ah, it is hard. So what was about this one? Like like why why is this up here? And, it's and, the and, energy. It's, it's like the energy. And, and even for the episode proper, I was torn between picking this track and another track called Destination Defenestration, which is mm. the title alone just makes me <laughs> just makes me laugh. <laughs> but uh, it's just I like when games come out of left field. Like I had never heard of this game. It was just, hey, Pearl, you want to review this game? I'm like, I don't have time for this crap. Oh, I guess fine, whatever. And I'm playing. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> this this is hitting all the notes, and it's a surprise, which makes it ten times better. So I didn't expect it to be good. Um, the gameplay hits right. It's just silly. You got a guy who has a gun that can suck and pull, suck things in and blow things out. More so, blow things away than suck them in. And you're just going through a facility, destroying it, and killing a bunch of secret agents and stuff that are trying to take you out. And this music is playing as you're running through the facility, dodging, like, metal lasers and beams and stuff. And it's just hitting you. It's got... It gets you pumped. Yeah, it's really good. Like, when the... Yeah, when that synthesizer comes in right here... Yeah, right here. That's really good. Because, like, that driving guitar and that really distorted, like, chunky bass is... It's like it's it's oh it's really good. It's got like a like a like a garage bandy indie rock style. I just had an idea oh. for an episode too. We should get Ed Wilson on and it becomes an educational episode almost where the entire point of the episode is to discuss discuss music styles. Yes. Because I'm that guy where you'll be like, what is it about this track? I'm like, it has a and I'm like, I don't know where to begin it's, for describing this. <laughs> I just know I like it. It yeah. is good. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like describing wine. You just got to use every word you can think of. All right. Um, I'm gonna keep. I was gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do what we usually do. What we usually do, and that's like I'm gonna pick some music that complements the music that you're playing. Okay. All right. So we had Dedeco come on. Um, Dedeco is an amazing club DJ who plays video game music and does these incredible mixes on YouTube where he mixes entire genres, entire um, game series. Like he did all of Ape Escape, I think except for the first one, but like a huge, huge DJ continuous mix of this music. And it's so, so good. And he played music from Armored Core 4. And he pl- and, and, and I remember Armored Core, but I don't remember listening to the music of the newer ones. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea it went into this direction. So a week or two later, we did an ep- or no, a few weeks later, we did an episode called "Too Many Mechs." Yes, thirty-three dash three, 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 three. Oh yeah. And you picked this one. It was called "Twist It" from Armored Core Four. Mm. This is Kota Hashino, arranged by Ayako Minami. It's so good.
Twisted from Armored Core 4, Kota Hishino, arranged by Ayako Minami. That track, it just sticks with you. Sticks like to constant, your gums yeah. like peanut butter. Sticks to your ribs. <laughs> like <laughs> ribs. Like peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, our, uh, Too Many Mechs was one of the episodes that we had on our list of topics to do for at least four years. Yes. We just never did it. I don't know why we never did that. And I'll tell you something. This is a little bit of a spoiler for the episode proper, but it's a shame that we took this long because I'm pretty sure for this year, it's going to be our favorite overall track blend. When you talk about our top tracks, it's going to be our favorite episode by far. And I'm going to go so far as to say Koto Hoshino will be back oh, later got, on. Oh, I so hope. I so hope they bring Koto Hoshino back. No, I mean back on this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah. I also have a track. Oh, but did, did I just move some things around for you? No, it was already there. It was already there. Okay. I'm thinking because like, I know that they did announced Armored Core 7. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking Koto Hoshino better be back. Oh, yeah. Better <laughs> because, be. Better be. Because this vibe with like this these heavy metal mech like robot fighting like it's such a cool concept like the only thing i hope they yeah, do it's so neat. I so neat. i'm not the most familiar with the old ones cuz i didn't get to play a bunch of any of those but i would like to hope oh, that over all, the years uh, they EB, got to the point eb reminded, uh, reminded me this is all Koda Hashino. that must have been some old notes uh-huh. thanks eb but like i'm really hopeful that this new armor core has a bit of speed to it like i'm not saying that the other ones didn't cuz i don't remember well i know the second one Absolutely did not. <laughs> That's what I liked about it, though. Yeah, like I want, I want it to be faster. Uh, like, you, want, you want virtual on? Maybe I'm Vir- not going to virtua not, or virtual. Virtual. But virtual. don't get me wrong, I'm not going to complain if it is virtual on in the in the form of how fast it is. <laughs> but I just want it to not be like because it's just like it's too slow. I want to feel. I want to feel some momentum. I want to feel like I get. I want to feel the sense of urgency, you know. And urgency comes from pacing. Speed. So they give me that, I'm ready. Yeah, I know you like you like the speed. You like the speed with the music. You like the speed with the game. That's right. You like That's to feel right. a little bit of stress. Yes, like, but I also <laughs> like the customization of the mech. So I like the idea of being able to be like, you know, I got these two rocket pods on my back. I got this beam sword on my right arm. I got this lollipop in my left hand. And it's just great. Why you got a lollipop? I get hungry in this thing, man. That's just. <laughs> That's why I have to up the detachable mouth attachment. Is. It's a pop. The giant Purnell robot. That's right. I'm hungry. I'm angry. Let's <laughs> just go. All right. What's your What's your next? So is this Is this going to be number nine? Let, let, tell me. Are, should I guess when you're going to announce your top top overall? Yes. Like how many top ones did I settle on? Like what was yeah. the top block? So this will be. Ah, crap, I am going to have to move something around, but we'll see, because I realize <laughs> a track I really wanted to get on the show isn't on this list, and I am sad. Oh, no. Maybe we'll have an episode ender or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. No, we, anyway, we, we, we could, but there's a lot of music to get through. There really is. Yeah. So this track also comes from Too Many Mechs. Um, this Ooh. was a track that surprised the crap out of me when I realized it was in the game, and I had to pick it for the show, and I still listen to it to get me pumped at work sometimes. Um, this comes from the game Hardcore Mecha. And the track title is called Dash and Strike, composed by Daisuke Kurosawa, featuring Hironobu Kageyama. Again, this was played on episode 33-3, Too Many Mechs, aired 6-22-22. Let's 
特別超スピードで散弾の模様を見に駆け抜けろ。絆を信じて魂のエブリション。光が差す方へ。Comes from the game Hardcore Mecha, and the track title is called Dash and Strike, composed by Daisuke Kurosawa, featuring Hironobu Kageyama. EB hit us with an extra detail, though, that the lyrics were actually done by the Inspirion Sound Team. So we got a little bit more going on there. And this comes from episode 33-3, Too Many Mechs, episode airing June 22nd, 2022. So. Too many mechs was an example of an episode topic where I had very little experience. Like I could have been like Zeno Gears because well, I played Zeno Gears, but or, or me- Mech Extermination Force. Mech Extermination. But the thing about it, like, I didn't want to use that because Mech Extermination Force, you control a gunner, you're just fighting mechs. Uh, yeah. I wanted to stick with using mechs against mechs or something like that. 
So it was like, okay, I have like a pedigree of like two games or three games under my belt. I got to go beyond this. So I started digging, researching games that I would like to play. And then I remembered Hardcore Mecha was a game I saw on the Switch eShop. And I kept telling myself I wanted it, but I was kicking the kings. I was trying to wait for a sale or something. But then for this episode, I was like, let me, let me just go ahead and buy it. So I paid the full price and messed around with it. And this is like the intro song. And I'm like, wait a minute. I was like, I know that voice. That's freaking, that's the dude from Dragon Ball. I mean, are you, I mean, like giant robot fighting stuff. Like, that's, is that something that you're commonly, like, that's not something you're usually into, right? Or you're like, you know, No, like, quite the contrary. I do like that stuff. But when it comes to video games, it's very rare I come across a game that does that, yeah. that also does it in the way that makes me want to play it. Like, for example, I liked Virtual On. Oh, Virtual yeah. On is a very fast, hectic game yeah, in the arcade. Yeah. It had the twin sticks. But then a lot of the video game versions are like very slow, oh, yeah. or you have to like know a what's bunch that, of stuff like Super one? Robot Wars. What's that? Oh, Super Robot Wars. What, what's that one that's supposed to be like a simulator where you have like that special specialized? Oh, the three hundred dollar controller. Stick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, friggin' hell, Steel Battalion. Steel Battalion. Which yeah. I actually I remember finding the controller at a pawn shop for ten bucks, and yeah. I had it sitting in my bedroom for years, but no game to play with it. It was <laughs> really, I eventually sold it for it like two hundred fifty dollars. Really interesting seeing. Um, oh shoot, uh, a BattleTech. At PAX Unplugged this year, and BattleTech is a tabletop like war game with giant mecha. And I used to play that in junior high more than 30 years ago, like 30, <laughs> 32 some years ago. What's old is new again. Um, playing this game with my friend Stephen Phil in our living room on the floor, and like the map was just a piece of paper, and we would um, we get his dad to scan and um, uh, photocopy the, the the sheets because the the sheets were just like a picture of like a generalized like robot uh-huh. and little dots on it and so if you got you could target different like body parts and like knock them off and stuff uh-huh. and we would we, oh, we played that for hours and hours and hours and hours and so it was just cool seeing like BattleTech is still out there and you didn't really know what it was I did not That's so amazing keep me. in mind back in the day we came from very different worlds in our youthful years we, played a lot, we both played a lot of games though but yeah I was pure video games a lot of times from the bargain bin and tabletop games did not exist because where I lived, nerds were picked on and had no friends. So <laughs> I didn't really get access to that kind yeah. of stuff. But um, I did like the stuff. I just didn't have access to it until later years when I was like, wait a minute, you guys do what now? That's yeah. a game? Like, think about it. Hero Quest was your childhood, right? Yeah. I didn't learn about Hero Quest until we went to Retro World that year. Oh, really? That was my first time ever seeing Hero Quest. See, it was um, it was my friends. I mean, that game was so expensive. Like when I was a kid, it was I was never gonna have that. The Milton Bradley game was expensive. It was huge. Yeah, it was big, or it was more than I'd be working at the time. And um, so it was my same, the same friend who had like BattleTech, and he was always into these big, like board games. It took up like the whole, um, like living room floor or coffee table or whatever. And that's when he had Hero Quest, and then like. A hero quest, and then cool. like his grandfather or like uncle, like also bought him Hero Quest. So they ended up with like two boxes, and we would stick them together. That sounds amazing. And one summer, like we just played whole campaigns. We just made up on the fly. We kept carrying over the same characters. That would be fun um, though. Like Hero Quest for yeah. those who don't know, like it's, Matt Barrows had it. And that's how I got to see it. Yeah, it's D and D light essentially. You yeah. had these plastic tiles that you could stack on top of each other to make a terrain. Yeah. So think like Final Fantasy Tactics or something, but you're building the tactics map on your kitchen table, and you have units that have elevation strikes and all this kind of stuff. It was fun. It was I had a Valkyrie that just killed everybody. Actually, I don't think that was the hero quest we played. It was more like a roll and move. 
Huh. Yeah, with like little. No, no, no. Sorry. Like, you're talking about Hero Quest. Well, Hero Escape. Hero Escape. Oh yeah, Hero Escape. That was something else. Hero yeah, Quest. That was like elevations that was at, and stuff. Yeah, like Hero Quest was the game was at the was at the convention where it's like you know, it's on tabletops, flat. And you're wrong. Yeah, that is that is definitely a um, like a luxury board game right there. Like uh, very much so. Which is why he had it as an adult. Yeah. Before we move on, I want to answer uh, GameFan44's question from way back in the episode. You just generally asked how far was I in Pokemon Scarlet. The answer is I'll get farther after next week. But right now, I have three gems down, and I'm also about to fight the Steel Titan, which I think is Orthworm, which I really want because he'll do a good job complementing my gem. That's what I'm saying. He eats saying. earthquakes, literally. you got to take down the Steel Gem because you got to own the Steel Gem. That's right. I think it would be pretty fun if I just walked in there. Mike made a funny side comment. He was like, you should dress like somebody's dad and act like you don't know what Pokemon is. Like, my child told me this is where all the steel Pokemon people play them. I'm using his game. Can oh, I play with Ma- you guys? Are you, are, you pl- are, you, are you playing officially at Mag or are you just playing for fun at Mag? I might mess around for fun. I'm not, in the, I'm not running the gym this year, which I didn't want to do because I didn't want to have to rush through Scarlet and Violet because typically for MAGFest, the new Pokemon game will come out at the end of November MAGFest is the very first weekend of Dece- of January, which means I get a month to play the entire game plus build a viable team because there are people who have that will just rip the game apart and then have this super-duper built team within a week. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I don't have time, but I want to not be a lame at the game convention. I want to be good, you know? I want to be ready. So in the end, it was just like I would make it, and I did it. But the thing that made me the saddest was one year, it was a... Uh, not X, not, it was like, it was whatever, it was Sun and Moon. At the end of Sun and Moon, when you beat the game, you have to do another quest to unlock what's called a Mega Ring so you can use Mega Pokemon in the game proper. Mega Pokemon, like the super versions of certain Pokemon. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I would have guessed. Yes, just yeah. saying. Mega. There's some context clues here. <laughs> just saying. Mega means bigger. Pokemon is Pokemon pocket some, monsters. Some sort of pocket thing. So, like, really big pocket monsters. So, I was running Steel very Gym familiar. that year. And I didn't have time to even get the mega ring. Yeah. So my very first day at the show, people were coming at me mega mega evolving their Pokemon. I'm like, I can't match that. I was still kicking ass. I'll tell you that. You but I couldn't match the mega, so the wrong megas would come. I'm like, I gotta beat this guy, but none of my Pokemon are as good as that. That's my first time like seeing you at like the Pokemon area doing this thing, and I was like, oh wow, you really are here all day long. But you gotta give me credit though. I got into it. People yeah. would sit down like, oh, what is that? Ain't yeah. your face. Yeah, you gave, <laughs> a good, you gave him a good show. You were part of the show. I'm, I hope that the other gym leaders did the same. Oh, I hammed it up hardcore <laughs> for those kids. I hope they did. And I loved it when kids came up to play, though, because if a kid was playing, he'd be like, that was a really good show. Yeah. Hey, let me give you this Pokemon if you want to trade with me. And yeah. I'm like, here's the thing I'd suggest for the future gym. That guy has a really cool, like, uh, I don't know, like he's like a Persian, like a freaking Galarian Persian. Not Galarian. Yeah, it was a Galarian Persian. Like, just not a lowland Persian. I'm like, you should use this against him. Here, I'll just give it to you. And the kid's like, thank you, sir. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> just tell him Purnell sent you. <laughs> I love the Purnell kitty voice. Thank you, sir. Thank Can you, I have Mr. another Purnell. Pokemon? And game fan, I will gladly take that steel Pokemon. I appreciate the offer. All right. So my next track, it's gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm to pick for my top three right now. This is Manual Override Ooh. from Ridge Racer 64. Keith Aram is the composer. This is from episode 34-8, not too long ago, N64 Jams. And I picked this because I picked this. I want to do this topic because I discovered that Muppet kart racing game was it Muppet? No, no, it was a, it was a it was a Mickey Mouse kart racing game on the N64. Was Mickey Speedway? Yeah, with this amazing soundtrack. Um, I, and we played that at Retro World in Connecticut. I thought it was so good. So this is Ridge Racer '64 Manual Override, Keith Aram. Hey! 
right, we're back. We're listening to the uh, song Manual Override from the game Ridge Racer 64 from the Nintendo 64. Nintendo 64! Manual Overdrive! Uh, composed by Keith Aram. This was this was in my top three. I, I, I'm not sure where things stack up. Okay, I know what my top one is. You know, But my other top two... A little dicey. In the top three, it's up there. This is three or two. This might be number three. No, it's number two. That's number three. I'd see they just keep bouncing around. That's what makes this fun. Num- and number tomorrow one, will change. Number one is like indisputable. Here's, it the, here's is the there forever. Here's the beauty of this kind of thing. It's though, singing right? it all week. It's like <laughs> these kinds of things, these hierarchy ratings, they typically change with the weather, right? Uh, but yeah. when you record it for that specific time, <laughs> it's etched in stone. You can't change it. You can't take it back because on this day, this was in your top three. Yes. Actually, I remember when I played this, I was like, this is up there. This is going to be in my, my top 10 episode. It's so good. Ridge Racer has got some of the best music of any game series out there. I think any, I think mo- I think a lot of people can agree with that. It's it's just so much fun. It's good dance music. It's good racing music. It's good driving music. It's just fantastic stuff. Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you. We are here. We're kicking the jams today. It'll be fun. All right, for now. Coming down. What's your next track? See, now I got to match the energy you brought out. I, I will I bring see, one have, of my top three. I think the three. rest of my tracks are really low. So, <laughs> like, I, well, I, I chose, like, I, I really I really channeled Hammock for most of my picks. Hammock? Come on. Hammock. Yeah. So, I'm going to pick one of my top three since you just picked one of your top three. Okay. Just to throw us in the cut. Let's do so, it. So, this came from episode 31-5, Fly, Cry, Baby, oh, yeah. aired February 9th, 2022. <laughs> this comes from the game Conception 2, Children of the Seven Stars, and this is the Dungeon Battle 1 theme, and I have no idea who wrote it. I actually do look here and there. I can't find it. EB, help me out. I got a <laughs> feel you can find this.
Welcome back. You were listening to Dungeon Battle 1 from the game Conception 2, Children of the Seven Stars. I had it on the PlayStation Vita. Composed thanks to Brian Mosley. This was composed by Masato Koda. And this was played on episode 31-5, Fly, Cry, Baby, aired February 9th, 2022. EB says lyrics were by Marie. <laughs> we have like we have like the whole like community like doing work for us in the chat. Hey, hey it's appreciated. Trust you me. You all could just like chill out and like listen to music. You don't have to do anything. No, work no, for us. no. Thank you for the help. I I'm taking the help. So I could if you were to say, Purdue, what's your deal? Why do you like this track? I don't freaking know, okay? It's that science of music that people talk about from time to time. There's certain elements of music that catch certain ears. This hit me in that way where I'll bop to it in the car when I'm driving fast on the highway, and I don't know what I'm listening to it for, but that's fine. And for a while, I was confused if this was actually what played in the game proper because it seems like a really odd tune to play in a battle in a game. But no, it actually is the track that plays. I actually booted my own copy up. And you're like, this, this is this actually a place. Huh? <laughs> yes, I booted up for the first time this year just to confirm this. And yes, this music plays in battles in the game. It's good. It's, when I said this is a Purnell track, like it's it's the fast-paced guitar with the female vocals. Bonus points if what they're saying doesn't mean anything in English. <laughs> I love this. Hold on. <laughs> so Martyr says it's a group effort, which is appreciated and true. Um... And like Huang's ninety says, Rob, this kind of research is their winding day. Yeah, yeah, this is you guys like hanging out. This is this is like an easy Sunday for you guys, right? Like it's freaking great and yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Doing all the doing all like the, the research for us. And I do appreciate that. <laughs> I, like, I like the use of barely audible lyrics in the Yakuza games. See, now I got to play more Yakuza games because Mike and I were talking about Yakuza just last night. Um, over the last few years, um, Frizzle just played through like all six Yakuza games, the primary six anyway, and. Uh, now I'm curious about these inaudible lyrics that are in those games that were mentioned. Like, what are they really saying? I don't know, but this game is, this track is poppy, it's energetic. It's very poppy, I yeah. don't understand what they're saying, which <laughs> feels great to me. I, which makes singing along fun, too, because you start making up stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is this the one where it's not like, oh, they're singing in Japanese, I'll just make up whatever words I want, but this is like. They're singing in English. They're singing I'm in still English, still going to yeah, make yeah. up what they want to say. All right, so um, I'm going to change the change the speed here. We're going to move on to my next top track. Not my top three, but um, this is from episode 33-9, uh, Your Masters of EGM. This is uh, when we asked our listeners um, what, what their masters of video game music was. So this is when we were doing that whole thing. Um, I think Bedroth started where people were picking like, kind of their top four uh, uh, masters of video game music, best composers ever. I want to say this is EB's. This is Yasunori Watanabe for Arkanoid Returns. The track is called In Open Order.
Uh, this is In Open Order from the game Arkanoid Returns for the Sony PlayStation, composed by Yak, Y-A-C-K. Also, Yasunori Watanabe. This is on episode 33-9, your masters of video game music. And this was, and he confirmed it, uh, elect- Electric Boogaloo's master of video game music. His, his track pick. Or the pick I picked for him. I think he, I think he sent it to me. This is one of the... So, and it's, this is the style of like arcade music and like video game music that like it's really specific to me. It sounds arcadey, and I really like it. See, now I want to really mess like around it. with like this. I've never played this. Late nineties arcade stuff. Yeah, Arkanoid is is just it's just like one of those basic art video games. Like you all the way back to Pong. It's a block breaker, right? It's a, it's a block breaker. Yeah, it's essentially Breakout with a whole bunch of power ups. But then like when they released this on PlayStation, it was like okay, let's give you like three hundred levels. Let's make tons of bosses and enemies. Is that where the return comes in? Yeah, yeah. But like, it was always kind of like that. But they really just kind of amped up and uh, um, adding in all sorts of cool stuff to it. It's just really, really good. EB's in the chat, so I wonder if he's he's willing to answer this question. Like, I wonder, have you played any of the recent Recharge Atari games that have come out in the recent months, like Yars Revenge Recharge and all that? And if so, like, do you have a particular favorite? But like, yeah, I I do appreciate even if I don't particularly play them all myself. Funny, because we literally were just talking about Elevator Action Returns earlier in the chat. But, like, I just, even if I don't play them all, I appreciate that someone's like, you know, these games don't deserve to be lost in the ether. Like, let's bring them back out either as a straight port or as a side of rebranding to kind of give a little bit more modern energy, you know? Because I'd never played Yars Revenge. You were used to talk about it a lot. Yeah, Yars Revenge is one of those 2600 games where, as a kid, I mean, I was really young playing that one. I had no clue what was going on. But then when we were, uh, me and my friends in high school were collecting Atari games. Um, this is, where did this, where is this coming from? Heaven. That's where it's coming from. <laughs> I started playing music the last track again. Um, yeah, like it, what was oh, Yard's Revenge. As a kid, I had no idea what it was. But then when I was collecting Atari games in high school, and I went back to it, and I learned how to play the game and what was going on, and it was it was addictive as anything. It was so cool. It really is. And there's nothing like it. And the new one, they have, like, missions and stuff, so you can try to just go there and do this quick mission. And, yeah, like, you, you were playing that on the, way down, on the way up to Connecticut. Yes. Yeah, and I was like, what is going on? Like, vengeance I was is on those going weird, on. I was on those weird back roads in Connecticut or New York. That, made, that was a scary behind drive, by the way. That was so weird. Very narrow roads. This truck was just stalking us down for, like, a good 30 minutes. On like these winding roads, like where? It, why is he doing the same thing we're doing? Yeah, he's aggressively yeah. following us. Van is following. Every time I got to a, like an intersection, I'm like, he's gonna turn. He's gonna turn, and he never turned. Has anybody ever done that thing where you're not sure what's happening, or if you're in a potential danger, so you kind of take your keys and wrap them, like put them in between your knuckles and wrap a band around your hand, like I'm ready to knock this guy out. Just come around to the passenger side. I'll give him one four. But then, thankfully, you never have to. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. Okay. Oh, it's Yasuhisa. Yasuhisa. Yeah, I think on the show I kept saying Yasunori because I was like, Yasu. But you wanted it. to be Yasunori. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> All right, Pernell, what's your next one? What's your next track on the list? All on right. The, on the top 10 ever, I, ever I think, made. I think this will be one that GameFan44 is down with because it's a track that I, oh, I definitely wanted in the show. But I was at that point where I was starting to get to the bottom of my roster. I was like, crap, I got one slot left. It's got to get in here, right? And it did. This track comes from the game Pokemon Sword and Shield. It's called Storming Rose Tower. It's composed by Minako Adachi and Go Ichinose from episode 34-4 Working Games. 
aired September 28th, 2022. back. You're listening to Storming Rose Tower from the game Pokemon Sword and Shield composed by Binako Adachi and Go Ichinose played on episode 34-4 Working Games aired September 28, 2022 and all person is getting down with the track. My man! <laughs> yeah, that's good. Like That piano is excellent. This is excellent. It, I love this track so much and the funny thing about it is like, if you talk to people about Pokemon Sword and Shield it's almost unanimous. People like the, the crescendo point, the, the, the lead up to like the finale of the game is kind of weak and mm. lacking and i'm not going to say those people are wrong per se but what i will say is this track made it completely worth it and for a while this was the only place in the game you could hear it play which is a travesty because it's also the best track in the game as far as i'm concerned but they eventually patched it so you could play it during the battle mode in the post game and stuff um it's also something funny about the fact that this battle scenario takes place in a, a sequence where like you're trying to go to like this company, I don't even remember the name of it, it's probably like Rose Corp. Actually, I think it is Rose Corp. To meet the chairman and one of the main character's brothers to have them do a thing for you, like stop something or do something. And in order to get to them, you have to get to the top of the building. So you go out of the building, yeah. and you go to the elevator to ride it to the top, and it's like a hundred floor building, and every few floors it stops for a fight. A Pokemon battle. And people walk on, and you battle with Pokemon in this giant elevator in an office building. Keep in mind, you've got Pokemon that weigh hundreds of thousands of pounds. You have Mega Pokemon doing heavy slam on the elevator. People lighting flames, flamethrower, mess in an enclosed space, and no one's dying. There's been no structural damage. Are, are, are there are there like like NPCs like walking around like in the office like making copies? I really wish there were because the that would be extra that funny. Be so like funny. An, an office working <laughs> on the elevator. It's like I was in the middle of filing uh, some reports. They told me to come beat five kids in an elevator. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> but um, it's just it's just a great track, and the battles are fun in the elevator. All doubles, which is a rarity in mainline Pokemon games, but doubles battles are where I prefer in Pokemon matchups too. So it was just. It was a good time, and this track is a freaking bop. so good. That's really, really good. All right, my next one is coming from 32-10. This is Stank Face Jams Part 2. Our first Stank Face Jams was with Cameron from the Mad Gear. This one was with our, our mutual friend, Matt Waldron. Ah, yeah, he knows he knows some Stank Face. Also, yeah, he's got the Stank Face. Uh, he knows how to make a Stank Face. Yeah, he's like, yeah. 
He wasn't. He was born with a stank face. That's why I think we actually had a specific moment on the episode where we were comparing stank faces. Yeah, yeah, we were all like. Oh. Um, so this is one. I think I picked this one. This is from the game Soul Feast from the the uh, Sega CD or Mega CD. This is by Ryota Furuya. Furuya. Uh, uh, and Motoi Sakuraba. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Motoi. that over there? <laughs> if you just say it fast enough, no one's gonna, no one's gonna, no one's gonna see it. Um, this is the music from Stage Two from Soul Feast from Episode Thirty Two Dash Ten. What we're starting to discover is that possibly Motoi Sakuraba could have had a secret hand in the final fantasy eight. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a trip if that was the case. Uh, Motoi Sakuraba, yeah, is is the goat. Is a goat. Yes, he is. One of the, yeah, amazing, amazing composer. Um, stage two from the game Soul Feast. This is for the Mega CD. Wow, this is some amazing, amazing music. That oh, and right down to like that that little that little bridge with the drums and the. Uh, and then it builds back up again. It's it's such a good song, such a good song. Like this is what this is the music you want to hear in a space shooter game, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's, also, it's I speed, the fastness, it's so great. I am a hundred percent referring to the man with the machine gun. That's the track I'm. Yeah, referring the man to. with the machine gun. Was that what it was? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> See the thing, like I don't know what it is about me. Like, if you were to ask me out of this context what that track title was, I would have probably remembered it. But something happens when I'll be hearing a track from something else, something completely unrelated, and the crossover will start to happen in my brain. I'm like, I know that from somewhere. And I start losing other elements of knowledge. I just know I'm focused solely on sounds. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like okay, well, that's I mean, this, the one. This, it's, that track. it's definitely the drums. This, this game is all, this music is all synthesizer. So it's not going to be like, oh, I like that part with the flute and that part with the timpani is really solid. I like the... Yeah, it's, you also, go, I got to admit... I like that part that goes... I'll be blunt, by the way. I A lot of people might not like that so much when it comes to comparing music and describing music. I think that's part of the... That's one of the most fun elements of describing oh, music yeah. is trying to make the it actual like, sound. Yeah. The vibrato in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. That's such a good song. Uh, yes. What is coming up? I think we're up to our... Are, are we halfway through now? Let me take a look here. I think we are. One, two... Three, four. So it's gonna be your fifth one. 
Man, it's getting, getting down to the wire. Getting down to the wire. <laughs> Frizzle says, I just came back and Purnell was making mouth noises. I just knew it. They were talking about it. So that, that one might have been my top three, but my I think my next one's going to be my... my what, that my one was in your two. top three, too? <sighs> it's between you already that. named one. Keep in mind. I You're know. It's between that, that one and my next one. Okay. The number one, the under one, irrefutable. Because no. once you declare yeah. it, you can't take it back. I know. I know. <laughs> it's there forever. It's there for good. Yeah. So this next track is the one I actually had to put back in. I had to remove, and I'm still, I may regret this later. Maybe we can throw it in as like a bonus at the back end of the episode. I had to remove one track in place of you this. don't get more tracks. We're getting You can't this. be like, well, here's my top ten. And one more, if we're, you don't mind. No, we're getting no, no, no. through it's pretty dead. fast. Well, we getting, erase it from existence. Never. We're getting through so fast we can slip one more in there. No one's going to cry. <laughs> you know, this comes from episode 34-6, Inspirations with Nintendo, Ooh, aired on October 12th, 2022. That's that yeah, right. Fantastic beats. And this comes from a game that I guarantee no one's playing mm-hmm. because I loved it, though. This just comes from the game Battle Bands. And this is the track from the Scrapyard stage where you battle on the Scrap Titan, composed by Fat Bard, who is yeah. consists of Patrick Criselius and Zach Findelman. the end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is from the game Battle Band. This is not your top three. This is I not. I mean, it's still top ten. It is definitely in the top ten. But, wow. I bopped to this track very often. Um, <laughs> like, I'm already, I was ready to cut through it, but I start talking. You're like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Let it simmer. No, no, this is the good part. This is the good part. <laughs> this, yeah. is the, this is the we gotta, scrap We got to dig on this part. I'm grooving. Just jam. Yeah. 
This is from the Scrapyard stage from the game Battle Bands on PC, composed by Fat Bard, members being Patrick Caselius and Zach Fendelman. This is a game that I would have never heard of, never played, never even come across, if not for the fact that it came up in review on SML. I was able to give it a try, and the main thing that drew me was the music. Don't get me wrong, the gameplay is pretty cool too. It's a it's a team based deck builder, team based versus deck builder, where you are a band playing against other bands, and they're all different themes. Like there's a band where it's like a bunch of like uh, fifty sock hop dogs, <laughs> and uh, a bunch of like arcade kids playing like chip tune music. It's there's a lot of cool stuff going on in that game. But this track was by far my standout favorite in the game. I listen to it all the time at work. So. I go to their YouTube, I think, at one point, and like even like talked about it on there. It's just a good track, and I I would have been remiss to have not included it on this episode because one of my favorite things about doing the combination of both game reviews and this podcast is the fact that I just get exposure mm-hmm. to music that I would never come across otherwise because I don't have that kind of money to be like buying a bunch of random stuff. Yeah, but getting access to it because someone's looking for exposure and the game ends up being good too and the music is good it's yeah, like it's, yeah i gotta bring it up i gotta give it more love than yeah just, you get exposed to, to to more music that you normally wouldn't yes be hearing or looking for in the first place exactly yeah. like i would have never yeah. found this game it's been great for our show <laughs> <laughs> I, and i get to get i get to listen to some stuff that i would never you know, be listening to also um okay we are going to listen to music from I will say this real quick before hmm. we, before we move on. I got okay, I, I, I got to pick it. <laughs> oh, good time. So you got some time then. <laughs> so like um, Huang, what was it? I gotta get this this pronunciation. Huazyong ninety says, outside of some AAA titles and a few indie games, I'm very out of touch with modern games, and that's the thing. That's that goes. That's the case for most people. Yeah. Like, don't don't feel like you're actually out of touch. If anything, we live in a world where we have excess excess game options. And to actually be in touch is borderline impossible. Yeah. Like I'm only I'm only in touch with a lot of these like more obscure ones or just a lot of these ones that might have flown through the cracks because of you. And that's it. Yeah. Without, without that, I would have never even known about half this stuff. Half this stuff. Yeah, like it, you're not going to be in touch with a lot. The best bet you got is just to talk to a lot of different people, whether it's through podcasting, through Discord, through your local yeah. network, and just discuss games. Yeah, like they, yeah, they say, the only reason I joined VGM Discords and listen to podcasts is precisely for that to hear music I normally wouldn't come across, which is why I originally fell in love with the Legacy Music Hour, the other podcast that the first one I started listening to before we started the show, when they went on hiatus and we started doing the show. It was like. I've never like it was all only eight bit and sixteen bit games that I just never played or never heard of, and I was like, the nostalgia isn't the one that's driving me back to the music because I don't have the nostalgia for it. It's just like this is just good music. Yes, and it's it's really fun to hear like what's out there that like I just either missed or I just didn't know about. Um, yeah, it's, it's just such good stuff. All right, so we're gonna listen to here we go. This is from thirty two four, our uh, episode get charged up, which I think was just the topic that you came up with. Because it can mean anything. Yes, it can mean absolutely anything. <laughs> that sounds like a Purdell. This is my only. This is my only. Um, probably my, my only bonus round track. It's an arranged version, officially arranged version from the game Undercover Cops. Uh, com- uh the track is Sarah Sourdy, Stage Two One. This is from Haya Unit, which is Takushi Hayamuta, arranged by Michiro Oshima. Don't stop it, because I got to say, I'm just kind of sad that that name was so, so close to being Sarah Sourdough. Sarah Sourdough. <laughs> and we and we were we were deprived of that 
<laughs> glorious name opportunity. I think EB's excited here. This is uh, Undercover Cops. You see cops. That's right. University City Cops. <laughs> <laughs> University City. Oh, man. This, this is uh, some amazing music. So we're going to listen to the arranged version from Stage 2-1, Undercover Cops.
love that synthy stab chord. Bing, bing. So good. This was Sarah Sourdy, stage 2-1, the arranged version from Undercover Cops. This is by Haya Unit, which is Takushi Hayamuta, arranged by Machiro Oshima. Uh, mentioned in our chat, the um, uh, Pixelated Audio, another fantastic podcast that you should definitely listen to if you like video game music. They had Hayamuta and interviewed him many years ago. So go and check their archives at Pixelated Audio. Man, that is such a good good funk song. I got to tell you. Love it. I just had an episode for another topic. You just had an episode? I, sorry, I, just, I just had an idea for another episode topic. We'd have to probably get Hammock or someone else on the show with us, though. Mm. So... Um, EB's typing of UC cops and me saying University City cops got me thinking. <laughs> it could be pretty funny to have an episode where we pick tracks from games and then someone just like an old chestnut of a meme. You change one word in the title of the game to make a completely different game and you sell it. <laughs> so, like, oh, I see, I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just it's it's like that fun. Oh, I've seen like a, a game that gets. It's like a board game that gets advertised to me on Facebook where it's like you find a band and you take out one word and change it. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly that. That's exact meme. And it's just like, do that, but for video games. Because I, I go, seriously, I'm having way too much fun imagining University City Cops right now. I don't know why that is, but I want to do an episode like that. It would be ridiculous. And Havoc would be a great like, companion to have on the show for that. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out which track I'm going to lose. One must oh, live. One must, one must fall. One must fall. Right, one Pernell. shall rise and one shall fall. All right, Purnell, what is your... This is we're on track number six. What you got? All right, so this is actually going to be a track from a game that was actually recommended to me by a friend back in December of last year, which I then added to my four in February, which of course means it's going to come from episode 31-9, our four in February, aired on March 9th. 2022. This comes from the game Echo Generation, and the track title is called Wolf Rat Battle, composed by Pusher.
really, really curious about what those top ones are going to be. But we are back. You were just listening to <laughs> Wolf Rat Battle from the game Echo Generation, composed by Pusher. Echo Generation is a voxel um, RPG kind of modeled after games like Earthbound or Stranger Things, the show, where you're just a kid living in the 80s. Weird stuff's happening. I say the show. Stranger Things, th- the things. The things, you know, all those strange things. Um, but uh, in this sense, you are playing as a kid whose father is missing, and also weird things are happening in your town. So, of course, you just go out and explore and figure out what's happening and come across weird events like mutant rats at the junkyard and a possessed killer clown mm. puppet in the junkyard and uh, an alien ship that crashed in a cornfield behind the junkyard. And <laughs> that I mentioned as a junkyard. But that is just a lot of weird stuff that happens in this game, and it's surprisingly enjoyable to play. Not it makes very oh. little sense. Oh, okay. Is it because because it makes no sense, it's still like it's still enjoyable and that's what's surprising about it. I think that's what yeah. makes it fun is the fact that it makes no sense. Like these kids are battling like otherworldly monsters. They don't explain anything. It's like why kids can do it. It's just well, time to just use this axe that you found by reading a comic book which taught you how to throw axes. <laughs> why not? That sounds cool. I uh, like that. And like there's like time paradoxes and such that happen in the game and I think I, I want to say this was one of those rare cases also where I played the entire game in one day. Hmm. Like, I just kept going until it was over because I was obsessed with it. And I can't do that. I, I, I Right now I'm playing through Tunic, and, like, my my stamina, my endurance for sitting on the couch playing a game isn't what it used to be. I start to, like, phase out a little bit. I start to forget things. I start to rush through places where I really don't want to rush through. I'll give you this as a chestnut. It's not. It may not be the case, but it's possible. <laughs> You're just getting old. Well, well we're all <laughs> no! we're all getting now. We're all getting old. No denying that. But I feel like it's the type of game that matters too. Yeah. Like, for example, another game I did in one sitting recently was called The Devil in Me. It was a super massive horror game. One of those like horror interactive movie games. Okay. And I started out playing it. And I was like, this game is boring. I'm not having fun. So I put it down at like chapter four out of like 20 or whatever. I came back at like two in the afternoon on a Sunday just to start playing it again. And I didn't put it down till 1 a.m. <laughs> I was obsessed with seeing the story play out. And I was engrossed. Like it wasn't too taxing on my mental state. I didn't feel mentally exhausted. Yeah. And I wanted to feel the, I wanted to get the rush the of what game, happens at the end. The, you weren't you were, you were pushing through it. Like, the game was kind of carrying you through it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, that makes sense to me. I, it's, I, it's not an endurance race so much as, like, it might get to a point where you're like, I'm actually legitimately sleepy, but I have to do it. Like, you just want to see the rest. Yeah. So, narrative games really hit me like that. Like, so, imagine if P5 did some mess like that. Like, well, I guess I'm going to die because this game is 100 plus hours. So and I want to see you almost story. did. I mean, you played like two days in a row, I think. I really did. I was um, obsessed with that game. All right. So, my next my next track comes from a game that is very short. That you can probably finish in about 30 minutes, maybe less than that. Um, this is from... Um, I can't believe that I've... <laughs> the junkyard. The first time the I heard about this game was when we started the podcast really, really early on. And I played this game when I was at work in Texas. And I was sitting in the hotel room and I found the soundtrack on, I think it was on Bandcamp by Flashy Goodness. The game is called Tower of Heaven and it's an old Flash game, Mm. which of course Flash isn't around anymore, but I think it's been preserved somewhere. And I just fell in love with the soundtrack like hard. And then it came back again this year, or this this, this past year, 
on our episode 31-3, In Memoriam, which I think is one of my favorite episodes of the show that we've ever done. That actually makes me happy to hear, too, because that, that episode means a lot to me. It meant a lot to me, too. Um, I, I don't... I, if we ever if it ever falls off the, the, the feed for whatever reason, I'm going to keep it on there. <laughs> Just, like, bump it. Yeah, I'm going to bump it up. Um, so this, is a, this track is called Atop the World. It's towards the end of the game, Tower of Heaven. This one's by Flashy Goodness. was atop the world from the game tower of heaven by flashy goodness we picked that one on our episode 31-3 in memoriam um and just <laughs> did it again did it again it got you uh the track that the, the, what got me oh you did that intentionally i did that intentionally yeah, oh. yeah, yeah i was trying to i was trying to just want to play it again because there's, there's different like um sections to the song which is really really nice and there's a medley that uh, was remixed. Oh, I forget who the remixer was, but it's a medley of, of most of the music in the game, and it's so fast and it's so emotional. It's so good, so good. Oh, it is saved out there. Good. I'm I'm glad EB knows where it is. I, I, I know I played it. That wasn't on Flash, but it, is, it was a Flash game. But now you can play really, it again. Really short fl- platformer. Um, I really recommend. It, it looks like a Game Boy game. It's really, really, really good. It's emotional. It it, it tells its story. It tells what it needs to do, and kind of gets out of the way. It's incredible music. I actually just recently bought. I, I just took a chance on buying like a ten dollar like like retro NES graphic looking like two D platformer the other day. Um, worth maybe other people might want to try. Just call it a Castle in the Darkness. Mm. It's uh, I'm not even sure how to describe. Like it's probably like kind of like mm, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. Is it a Metroidvania? Is it a Metroidvania? Is it a Metroidvania? People say it's Metroidvania. Some some some, some would say. <laughs> Someone say it's a Metroidvania. <laughs> God damn it! I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the mines. I'm gonna go to the genre it's, mines. It's a, uh, it's an exploration platformer in Best. 2D style. There we you go. Collect an item to unlock another area. There's no unlocking. There's, there's no unlocking. There's got to be like a better name for it. Well, it's like Metroid. Exploration platformer, <laughs> adventure platformer. It's I a, like to a, say it's Metroid Mania. <laughs> I would actually love saying that. All right. Um. Here we go. Prunel, we are down. We're getting down to, I think, your last four. All right. So this is where it gets a little, oh, man, my, my heart's starting to palpitate. But here's a track I am going to pick that I'm not going to lie. You know what? For the sake of I'm going to save this one until the next because I feel like this, this belongs as close to the top three as possible. Okay. So I'm going to pick this track instead. This comes from episode 35-1, Hard as Nails, with oh, Chris Baines. Pretty recent. Aired on November 16th, 2022. Mm. 
This track comes from the game Circa Infinity and is titled Ring by Jack and Jim Fay. Welcome back. You're listening to do 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 Bram Circa Infinity track title <laughs> Ring. Was that you going through your list trying to figure out where it was? No, no. I was, <laughs> that was the buildup, Rob. The buildup. <laughs> Composed by Jack and Jim Fay. Played on episode 35-1. Hard as nails with Chris Baines. Aired November 16th, 2022. This, seeing gameplay, like like the higher levels of the, of gameplay of this game gives me a panic attack. It Which looks, means it's doing its job. <laughs> it's insane. Because this so game tough. hurts my brain. Like, you ever you play those games where you have to start coming up with, like, ways to compensate for the fact that your eyes can't keep up with what you're doing or you're thinking really hard and it's starting to hurt your brain. Yeah. So you start to kind of squint one <laughs> eye and make your other eye roll up to the top of your eyelid. And you're like, okay, if I can just not blink for a minute, I can... Miss, I can. I don't miss anything, and I can get through this crap. Yeah, yeah, I die. Yeah. Try to not blink again, and it's just Circa Infinity is a game that if everyone should play, even if you come away not liking it, if you like puzzlers, mm-hmm. like action puzzlers, you need to play this game. It's so weird. Yeah, it's its own. It's its own thing. It's it's so original and original looking like the look of it's very very unique as well mm-hmm. um and, and so of course like this kind of like synth wavy 
kind of like heavy style synth wavy music really fits along with it, which is cool. I would imagine like something, some faster stuff like later and later stages, but actually it, it gets sometimes some of them like just get softer, like softer. The, like so like I feel like there might be like a love story at the center of this somewhere because <laughs> that's cool. A, eventually, like that. there's a point where like you play as the guy, sex next stage you play as a woman. And in the third stage, you play as both simultaneously on opposite ends of the sphere, mm. and you're just like, That's "Okay, cool. my yeah. head hurts. Yeah, my yeah. head really." Hurts. I didn't realize that could have been like kind of like the story, like within the game. Um, okay, so my next track is from episode thirty-ten, "Gift Giving." This is where we gifted, I think, gifted songs to each other, or 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 maybe our listeners gifted songs. I can't remember. Um, we're not gonna listen. This is a long, <laughs> long track. This is from Busta Groove too. Oh, Sutomu! Sutomu! Yes, Martyrus so chose this track. Martyrus chose the track. I remember being like, Bond! Bonding! Yeah, oh. And hearing this song again, like, really, like, this hit the nostalgia button super hard, and so it has to be in my top ten. Yes. This has got to be happy. The theme of Sutomu. I'm already singing it. I'm already singing it in my head. Yukihiro Fukutomi with vocals by Momoko Suzuki.
<laughs> all right, first of all, before we even get back to naming the track, I gotta, I gotta state this. So Mike goes broccoli. What? So fun fact about me and pizza, right? So what? Broccoli, was, broccoli belongs on the pizza. Well, but the thing is, I get why he's saying he's like broccoli. Yeah, as I think, I think he's saying it more yeah. akin to like I would ask for vegetables on a pizza, let alone broccoli. So originally, I was meats on top of meats all day. You couldn't pay me to put a vegetable on a pizza. And then one day, Rob and Christy were like, we're vegetarians now, which meant I had to adapt and learn what kinds of pizzas I could like that didn't include meat. So I started discovering pizza toppings that I otherwise would have never tried, including ones you can't even get at most stores like corn. Corn and lima beans on a pizza. You dang you, right you don't I do see, it. Yeah, that's not something you see very frequently at all. No, yeah, no. but when you can. <laughs> <laughs> but my general go-tos are pretty much broccoli, spinach, and black olives for like vegetable toppings. I think one of my favorites, absolute favorites, is even if there's no cheese, but like usually I like a little bit of cheese, like some mozzarella, um, but like a, arugula. Arugula and red onions on top of it. It's just that, that flavor combination for me hits it so good, so good. But as Rob can vouch for, though, if you give me free reign, oh, I'm straight up Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I'll get some ridiculous if stuff you, on it, a pizza. It, it, you start looking at like, their list of toppings, and there's like a second page, and it's like, these, this, this is no one picks from here. And I was like, I'll pick from here. I'll pick from here. Yeah. Give me that hoisin pork, <laughs> some freaking peanuts, some carrots, pineapple, <laughs> mandarin oranges. Um... Yeah, this is uh, from Busted Groove 2, the game that you said got me probably is the first game that got you importing games for your PlayStation. Yes, because uh, yeah. uh, it was my first anime con. Like uh, I went to, it was NecoCon R, which was held at Virginia Beach in 1999. And when I went there, someone had brought Busted Groove 2, which at the time I didn't even know existed. I didn't know the game had a sequel. <laughs> and let alone it was a sequel that only existed in Japan at the time. Yeah. And there was a tournament, and I got entered the tournament. I made a bunch of friends to this thing, too. We became a club of friends together because during the tournament, I picked Kelly because she was a cop in this game for some reason. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was playing against some other people, one of them being a character named McLeod. He was like the easy mode character mm -hmm. you could unlock where all of his button patterns was just a single button. And he hit me with both of his attacks, and I fell behind by a ton of points. And I started coming back. It was like my score was just shooting up after the guy. And at the last measure, I lost because I needed one more measure to make up the difference. Oh, I lost wow. by 10 points. That game was tough because, like, the, the second the, – I don't know if it was on the first game they did this, but on the second game, if you got – if you hit the button press on the beat, they would do the move and you get the points. But if you hit it, like, closer to the beat, it would, like, flash, and you got extra points Extra points. Did they do that in the first one? Yes. Okay. That, that, no, no, no. no about I don't think they did in the first one. Because that, that was the only way you could get extra points in the second game. And so I was – Obsessed with trying to get a perfect run on that game, every single stage, right through to the bonus stage at the end, which I thought was so fast. And look, listening back on it now, that the panda, panda man, or panda stage, yeah, yeah, it's not that fast. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's just really good. Yeah, it's funny things like so. E, two things real quick because we came up. With yes, the chat. I was gonna say the name changed because um, it was called Bust a Move in Japan, or or in the East, Bust oh, a in Move. Japan, yeah, but. Bust, they, they had named Puzzle Bobble out here Bust a Move. Mm -hmm. So they had to change it to Bust a Groove. Yeah, but for yeah. me, this is one of those nomenclature scenarios where, like, due to when you were exposed to the game first, yeah, that's what you would dot. So even though Bust a Move is the Eastern title, and even seeing the case, I saw Bust a Move 2. 
It will always be Busted Groove for me. Yeah, that's I like, how I that's how I was exposed to. I it. love Busted Groove. Uh, the name of the track uh, is called uh, "Got to Be Happy." Yes, theme of Sutomu. One of my favorite tracks. Well, yeah, in the one of my favorite ones. Um, but then the second yeah, question, yeah. we got an inquiry about our ages. I, we, which don't have, the, we don't have to answer that. Hey, I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I am not ashamed. 19, if anything, it helps. How old were we in 1999? I, at the time of that convention that this happened, right. I was 19 years old. Yeah, Sam. So we got, 10, I got, we got 10 years on you. But guess <laughs> what? Once you get past like 22 or 23, none of that crap matters anymore. Yeah, I We're went, all in the same bubble of adulthood I, frustration. I went to Otakon in 97. And then I went 98, and I DJed 98. And then Otakon 99, I DJed then. And then 2000, I think, was the last year I DJed at Otakon. And then I didn't go much after that. But, yeah, that was fun. The raves were always a really good time at those things because they had nothing to do with anime or anything like that. It was like, I play dance music. Okay, here we go. Like, and now anime cans cons have borderline and nothing to do with anime. Also, this is this is well before, like, CDs and, and MP3s were ubiquitous. So I had, like, a bag in a box full of records. I was walking around the con floor. <laughs> I, it was so heavy. I have genuinely so fond memories of my time attending anime con. And the early, early ones for me, the early ones. Yeah, most it's mainly the early ones. Like before there was uh, like access to streamable anime mm. and back before anime was getting like localized in mass cuz now everything is and it gets localized to the point where like it's simulcast with when it airs overseas. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, back we, then, you were like contacting Pandora's Cube and sending them VHS Pandora's tapes to make it Cube, dump them for yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Big Byron, the guy who got locked up for like piracy. <laughs> he had like freaking like regional piracy claims pulled against him. But uh, yeah, anime was a completely different can of worms back then. I would go to conventions and come home with like 20 DVDs. Mm. Like bags oh, I know, of discs. Ar- arms of like VHS tapes that were all like copied over stuff. Yes. Yeah, I, m- I remember going one year thinking like, "Oh wow, there's like these, these someone's are selling um, anime soundtracks on on vinyl," and then it turned out they were like bootlegs. Yeah, and so I I, I go to like kind of separate the the discs in the box, and they were laser discs, and it was so heavy, it was way heavier <laughs> than I expected them because because laser discs are just enormous CDs, and I was like, ah, that's right. CD being the compact version of, of a laser disc. <laughs> Chris Chris had to bring it up, so we gotta say Anime Central. I wish you made it to one of those at least. Oh, me? Yeah. Uh, Anime Central it's was. Diff- it's different from what it was, right? Oh yeah, but the thing about it is, like, we were going for the social groups. Like, we had a community there, so you would sh- we would show up. Chris, myself, and like three of our others, we had a panel that we were doing like every year for a good three or five years called Turn-Based Critics for like Japanese RPG games. And our best year, we had a room of like 200 plus people yeah. just hanging out, hearing us talk about RPGs. Um, and we would just kind of hold the room over to from like one in the morning till like four. Uh, we would play a lot of dance games and music games. There was always my fun memory of like entering a Super Smash Brothers tournament, and once everybody in the tournament realized that I was a noob guy at the game, yeah, they all ganged up on me to eliminate <laughs> me before they had the actual battle. Uh, lots of dance games, playing Puzzle Bobbles. Funny that came up here. Yeah, I had a friend I, I and I we used to get love. aggressively competitive at Puzzle Bobble. Yeah, as a Katsukon was 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 the one I used to love, really really love to go to for the games because the the game room was like kind of like bring your own system. Oh, tell and you have this. your own tournaments. Have a good night, off person. Oh yes, good night, off. It was good, good seeing you in the chat. Thanks for listening to us for a short amount of time. We appreciate it. Uh, EB says he was watching clips of uh, Serial Experiments Lane on a PBS station. Um, wow, 
That's amazing. It took, the, it took two years to convince the distributor to air it on TV. Yeah, I think it was 98 or 99 that I went. I think it was, might have been. Wasn't that one of your favorite shows back then? It was one the of the first ones that got me into it. Yeah, I, I, I can't get into it now. It's very David Lynch, and I'm like, the It's kind of slow, and I need a little bit more. But, like, it was. It really got me into anime. And I went to one of them because the um, uh, the animator, what was his name? Abe? Yoshinori Abe or Yoshitoshi Abe. That name rings a bell. Yeah, he was there. And I was like, oh, I'm going to meet him. And so the night before, we were up partying. And so I got like two hours of sleep and I ran down. I still have like an art I got an art book and I got like a special like mixed music, like like visual presentation CD that they were handing out just for the con. I was really excited to get it. So that was really, really cool. Thank you, Curly Kevin. Curly Kevin's a good guy. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, so we're before, on. One last thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're like, God damn it, Pernil. While we're on the topic of anime, I want to ask both the listeners and you. Yes. Favorite favorite anime top two that you can think of of all time? Uh, well, I know Bebop. I, I like Cowboy Bebop very much. And, um, oh, of course, it's got to be, it's got to be Gatekeepers now. It's got to be. <laughs> um, it's a tough decision. Paprika. Okay, I remember. Yeah. yeah, you were a big fan of that. Yeah, I too. don't. I, I can't think of a big series that I'm really into. You know, like a, like I think Cowboy Bebop is probably the biggest series that I remember like really enjoying. But um, but yeah, I think Paprika is probably my favorite all time like anime movie. I can dig it. Yeah, it's a hard question to be honest. And then, with. And then actually, no, I'm sure it's going to be um, Studio Ghibli um, joint. <laughs> Studio Ghibli joint, yeah. Spirited Away, I think, is might be Spirited Away. I, I can watch that. I can, it's like I can watch that anytime and enjoy it. That was the movie with the little girl, right? Yeah, yeah, the little girl, no face and all that. Yeah, she gets caught in like the world of of the gods going to a bathhouse. It's so good. It's so so. Good. I did like that movie yeah. a lot. But yeah, Trigun was a fantastic anime. I'm genuinely torn, but deep down, it's always going to be Ron. My one half is my all time favorite, followed by potentially Trigun, but. XL Saga, when I just want to be stupid. Yeah. That show made no sense. <laughs> I really enjoyed that back in the day. Yes. Like, I, I, I state that show acknowledging that the show makes little it, to no is sense. Is that the one where they had the dog that was emergency food? Yes, Menchie. Emergency food Menchie. Yes. That was so cute. It was so <laughs> ridiculous. The dating sim episode was my favorite yeah, one. I remember that. Wow, I want to watch that again and see if I'll, if I'll connect with it like I used to. <laughs> you <laughs> I, might. I, I mean, hope so. I'm probably not, but, you know... It, it depends. Sometimes it becomes a matter of like, as we get older, you know, we become different people for the yeah. most part. But sometimes it's just a matter of saying, just let it go for a little while and just kind of smile like, this is dumb. I know it's dumb. As long as it's not like hateful stuff or whatever. Mm. It's just a little more youthful ridiculousness. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I can come back I, to I this. Just, I just don't know minutes. if I can, if I'm going to, even if it's like really silly, really slapsticky, I don't know if I'll connect with it again. It's just, it's, it's, I got to be in the right frame of mind, maybe. When I was younger, I was like, "Yeah, give it all to me. I want the I want the stupid idiot idiocy. I want like the the non sequitur. I want it all dumb." Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, we're moving on. Oh, ham taro, Kristen. <laughs> yes. I used to have a little ham taro, um, little plushie I kept in my car all the time. Actually, I think I found it in the house somewhere. I can't. No, it's at work now. Also, if you like ham taro, you are a game fan. There is a game. It's not ham taro the game. So let's get that out of the way. But it's cute hamster. Look up a game called like Pom Pom Mission to Space. It's about a cute hamster. It's a platformer, but you grab objects to place them in the places so that the hamster can jump on them and get around oh. obstacles and stuff. It's kinda, adorable. Kind of puzzly. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. I it's like adorable. That. All right. So we're moving on. This is track number eight. Pernell, it's up to you. 
you All realize right. it's up to you. Get into the groove. Okay, this is a track that deep down I kind of think should have been in my top three, but it's not the last stage theme for the game, which definitely would have been in my top three. But this is a track we play on the show, so I'm going with it. This comes from the game Guardians Denjin Makai 2. This is the fifth stage from that game composed by, let me pick this up because holy crap, Katsubari, Katsubari Shigotsu, Gotsei, <laughs> God crap, this name is weird. Katsubari <laughs> Shigotose Yo. And this was on also episode 31-5, Fly Cry Baby, oh. aired on February 9th, two. 2022. Two from the same episode. That's interesting. Yes. And yes, that's the game, Pom Pom the Great Space Rescue. Welcome back. You're listening to Stage 5 from the game Guardians, Denjin Makai 2, composed by God, yes, Ketsubori, Ketsuborishi Gotsei. Yo, done. <laughs> Got to say it again until I pick Stage 6 on a future episode. Is God help a, us all. Is this um, a beat-em-up or a shooter? It's a beat em 2D side-scrolling beat-em-up, and it is fantastic. Um, Francis had the original cart from the arcade release. He had it installed on his like candy cab during one of my visits. He's like, you got to check this game out, bro. You got to check this game out. And I had never heard of it in my life. So as you can probably guess, I wasn't particularly jazzed about it because if I don't have the initial impact, I'm just like, okay, let's just play the game. It'll be fun to play this game with my friend. And oh my God, it was it was lit. This game is fantastic. <laughs> um, you, you don't use that word very often either. You know, you're like, lit. lit, yeah. Yeah, it was, this one was fire. Like, we were having, like, there was like a level where it's kind of like Gulliver's Travels where it's you're popping. walking this little mini. God, <laughs> I actually did say that accidentally while like out and about not too long ago. I was like, crap. If Rob was here, he'd be giving me the, he'd be giving me the business. <laughs> What's popping over there? Oh, damn it. Um, But yeah, this this track is really, really good. Yeah. I'm a major fan of it. I'm a fan of the OST and the game as a whole. It's just. I used the character who has wings and claws and then picked up a submachine gun and just like sprayed the room. It's so good. <laughs> the artwork on this game is really cool. It's very fast paced and frantic too. Like yeah, the- it looks really quick. I like that. It's it's um have you ever played Alien vs. Predator? I have not, but I've heard of it. It's one of the games I feel like I tell my I need to sit down and actually play with somebody. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty quick, which I like a lot. I think Punisher might be the same way. Like, I think they're both Capcom beat em ups, but like, there's a lot of moves that you can do right off the bat just by by using uh, joystick combinations. Which you is wanna, you should try typing this if you can, because he's like, put the name of the composer. He wants to try to pronounce it. Yeah, I, can, I can't even read. You know. <laughs> That's like perfect cursive, man. <sighs> That's quality cursive. Yeah, you know, we'll find it later. <laughs> we'll fix that one. In post, he's gonna put the composer's name to the show <laughs> later. Because he was trying to read my handwriting. He's like, yeah, yeah, Lord, get there. Yeah. There it is. Ketsu, yeah. Ketsu Barishi Gotose Yo. Yo. So it's got to be like a bunch of people, like a bunch of people, like all their names put together. I so. love how I'm now, I'm now I'm getting to pronounce these. Now this type <laughs> there. Ketsu Barishi Gotose Yo. All right. Ah, so, boom. All right. I'm playing. Okay. My next track before we get down, before we get down to my top two. This is going to be, oh my God. What's it going to be? I never heard of this track. What is this? Oh my God. That's it. I'm getting rid of this one. <laughs> one fell. Here it is. It's gone. This is it from the 300th episode spectacular, which I think was the first one of the first episodes of the year, of the, of the podcast year. This is 30-8 Butterfly Kiss from Persona 5. Butterfly. I don't know it when I hear it. Shoji Maguro. You you would only know if I probably told you the the dungeon or the- or the. No, I'll know it if I hear yeah. it, I bet. I'm taking a shot in the dark. I just don't remember the track by the title. Oh, no, it's the Doctor's music. Oh. Yeah. So here we go. This is Butterfly Kiss from Persona 5, Shoji Meguro. Back, you're listening to Butterfly Kiss from Persona 5. This is the music from the, uh, I guess, the doctor. Is she a doctor? Is she? I don't know if she's licensed. She's not licensed, is she? 
I, <laughs> Rebecca Hall. No, I don't think she, I feel like she is, but there's like a narrative arc where like one of the people, some guy comes in there and tries to like threaten her with yeah, like a lawsuit. Yeah, that that like that she killed their daughter, but because she tried some experimental drug, and then like you know, then like throughout the game, I'm like, yeah, of course she's experimenting on the main character the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but she ultimately has a heart of gold. Yeah, she does. She does. So, did you did you romance her? Absolutely, you did. But she wasn't my final romance. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'll admit, at the end of the day, I'm a typical no weirdo in this case. I romanced the teacher, and I made Makoto like my top like best friend. Cause I, I didn't, didn't want to have like the two timing effect in the game. I had zero romance in this game. Zero. Zero. No, but neither Makoto. No, no. Makoto was Actually, awesome. Makoto, I never got anywhere with because I never, I didn't realize that you had to like seek her out. Oh uh, yeah, she was always studying. She was always studying, so I never saw her. And I saw the teacher until it got weird, and so I stopped seeing the teacher. The thing about the teacher, what I liked about her, as odd as it may sound, because I'm pretty sure not many other people had the same vibe, is that she was <laughs> like too this, real. I'm like, no. <laughs> it really was too real. She was like this downtrodden, like work is beating her down. Yeah. She has no money. And she's like, this is the kind of job she's got to do. So I was like, yeah, you can come over and hang out and get you off your normal shift. You can just hang out in the apartment. No big deal. And then one day I was like, you know, she's awesome. Let's do this. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, she was great. I I think her arc I liked the most um, because she had to work so many jobs, and she was also being um, blackmailed for her second job as a sex worker. She like, wasn't even a sex worker. She was just she was literally like just like a random. Well, I get your point. It was persona. Four. Come on, for now. I don't know. I, I thought she was like she was just like a freaking like maid service character. I don't freaking know. The point is, she's an awesome character, and I liked her. She was cool. Beans. It was good. She, yeah, she was she was a good character. I, I liked and I liked that her bond with the student. I felt like should have stayed pure it should have stayed like we're both dealing with a lot of stress at the same time it shouldn't have gone anywhere else so i'm judging you i'm fine with that <laughs> I, that's judgment i'll accept and funny enough we got another inquiry in the chat about another game with a similar scenario pernell i'm assuming if you've played trails of cold steel you romance sarah valstein if chris murray was in this chat he'd be like all ears but he already knows it was all about laura in that game for me Laura was awesome. She was prim, proper, but when it came down to business, she pulled this giant cleaver out. <laughs> I was like, wow. So, like, my, you could, like, DLC costumes for all the characters. You know, a lot of games, people are just like, oh, cool swimsuit outfits. Me, I'm like, no. She's got this really cool, like, evening gown, and she's just wielding this giant blade. Like, it's just something awesome uh, about that. that. Makoto is very similar. And I, I think that's why I like one of the Makoto is one of my favorite characters in the game, is because she was really concerned about school she was really concerned about her appearance mm-hmm. mainly because of her, her sister. sister her sister the detective but um but like when she was in the other world she was like in leather and she, her her persona was a motorcycle also I'm like this like in in her mind she is a badass and, and i that, really like that and flat out of all the characters her um, her transformation, her revelation sequence was my favorite in the entire yeah, it's, game. Uh, I, she was, yeah, she was up there, like one of my favorite. Characters. Like of all the people, you think you're going to do something? You're nothing. Get the hell out of here. Her and Ryuji, because for me, like the main character, a Joker and Ryuji's friendship was like the most real relationship in that game, except for one part which bugs the crap out of me. What was that? It stuck with me. So, this is a spoiler-ish thing. But there's a point. Because maybe the, I didn't see it. <laughs> there's a point in the game where, uh, like, the, without saying how or why, the team is in a lot of trouble. They're about to die because they need to access a thing that's pretty far away. And Ryuji is a track star. Yeah. But he retired because he hurt his leg. 
So in this instance, he's like, I'm going to sacrifice, sacrifice my life to save my friends. So he makes a mad dash across like a sinking boat to grab a thing yeah. so they can escape. And everyone thinks he's dead because oh, they get ejected right. and he's not there. So when he shows up and he's actually alive, they treat him like garbage. And your main character doesn't even get a chance to say, no, no, chill out, man. He did our he well, did he did, thing. Well, okay, the main character doesn't say a lot. He's like, he's he's like, he, right? He doesn't he doesn't have anything. He yeah, says. but they give, but they lots of he's always you, dot dot dot. And no, like, but oh. they give you the opportunity a lot of cases to give oh, him a dialogue, yeah, you know. Yeah. But you don't even get the opportunity to say, leave him alone. He saved our lives. It's like, no, nah, they treat him I, like I, hot pro- trash. I probably brush that off as like a um, as like, oh, they're friends, and so they kind of rag on each other anyway. Yeah. yeah, and I like that's what it was, and, and, it, was, it was a typical like you know like Japanese anime humor sequence. And I get that, but yeah, I was that, like, Nah, Ruji's the OG. He's <laughs> all right with me. Um, anyway, this this is up there. This is this is this would have been my top three, but I wasn't super sure about having Team Persona Laura. Five up there again. So, for now, we're into our last two. This is our top two. Top two. Top two. Are, are these ranked? These are these are your top two now. These are my top two. I'm really excited. And honestly, before last night. They would have been reversed, but after yesterday, there can only be number one number one. So, this will be my number two for the for the year. This comes from the game, um, or as the episode thirty one dash nine R four in February. So a second one from that episode. Oh wow! Um, aired March 9th, two thousand twenty two. The game title was called Virgo versus the Zodiac, and the track title is called Room Seven O Seven, composed by Electro Bear. And go team Laura! She is best girl. <laughs>
Welcome back. You're listening to Room 707 from the game Virgo vs. the Zodiac, composed by Electro Bear and played on episode 31-9, hour 4 in February, aired March 9th, 2022. So, I, I was surprised when, uh, so for those who don't know, Spotify does a thing every year called Spotify Rap, where it just kind of does like a compilation of your favorite, most played tracks throughout the course of the year. Well, that picked up and became very popular, so much so that now other music services are starting to do the same thing with their platforms to get people more engaged in them as with them as well. And YouTube decided to start doing that this year, or if they've done it prior to this, news to me. But I got my notification, checked it out, and it was like, of all your tracks you listen to this year, Electro Pair Birthday Surprise, no! No game! <laughs> um, but uh, this <laughs> Electro, I didn't even see that in our chat. Electro Bear birthday surprise. Whatever, actually, that probably would be better than Fatty Bear because it would be a party. Yeah. Um, but this track ended up being my most played track on YouTube throughout 2022. And it probably stands to the reason that it's because I, I would play it at office time at work. Mm. Speaker volume up, sometimes with the door open so people could hear it in the halls. <laughs> and it just sets a nice vibe and mood for the room. It's a good vibe. This is a really, really good vibe. Yeah, I'm just like... <laughs> it's his birthday. I'm just really surprised. Like uh, um, that, that is true. It's it something a little birthday. more, a little more mellowed out, a little more mellow style. And just to say it and get it on the show proper. Happy birthday, Fristol! Oh, it is his birthday. It was yesterday, but you know we got to give to. No, it doesn't count. Birthday weekend. Birthday weekend. Checks in the mail. All right. <laughs> Hugs in the mail. Hugs in the mail. We can do that now. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I love this track. This is I, very, very good. I'm wondering how I'm going to feel when my final track plays, which one should have been the first and which one should have been the second. Yeah, but I'm, they definitely oh, contain their block. So this this was number one kind of bouncing around up there? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. All right, so here we go. My number two. My number two. I believe it's a track you, you played on the show. Ooh. Ooh. This is from the game Paradise Killer. Hey, that was in my shortlist. Which track, though? Uh, this is from 33-4 Hot Patreon Summer. 8th <laughs> Street Rose. 8th Street Rose. It was on my list. It was on your list. It was on my list. This is by Airy Epoch Topping. It's, it's, this whole soundtrack is amazing, but this track is so it is it's every 90s sitcom cop procedural mashup it's what i want in a song it's in one glorious place it's so so good it's up there it, it fits alongside for me butterfly kiss in that kind of vibe so um but i just I, this one nails the nostalgia for me so this from the game paradise killer eighth street rose
podcast is over, but it's just the game. Oh, wait. Oh. That was 8th Street Rose from the game Paradise Killer by Ari. Ari. By Barry. Barry. Ari. Barry Epoch topping. Wow. It's such, it's such a jam. It it's, really it's is. It's such a jam. It's interesting. Frizzle says he still needs to finish the game, and I'm curious about that because one thing I do know about this game is in my forever backlog, but one thing I know about the game is that it is a detective game, but you can end the case whenever you want, Yeah. and they don't penalize you for it. It's a weird concept, Yeah. I'm you're curious just about seeing it in execution. Kind of just like discovering what it is doing all of the detective work and then come to your own conclusion. It's mm-hmm. a great idea. It really is. Yeah. But it makes you wonder like do you find yourself would you find yourself playing it and like being like okay, I could stop now, but I'm not satisfied. There's got to be more. <laughs> like or do you just go, "Nope, game's over for me." I don't he know. did it. Yeah, I mean like you'd have to be really sure. I'm usually like Smingers did it. Like you got like, you get way t- way too hard on your first instinct, right? Like got to be this one. got to be that yeah. guy. He was clearly there at the proposed time. But, he had a blade <laughs> in his closet. But I know that this soundtrack is one of Hammock's like uh, host of um, KVG. KVGM. I'm sorry, actually, KVGM, The Last Wave. It's one of his favorite soundtracks. And for good reason. And he plays a lot of this music on his show. KVGM, The Last Wave. A fantastic podcast. So one of my favorites. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to his. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good, good. it's a good always. <laughs> I like his style. I like his music style, which is funny because it kind of conflicts with mine. But maybe that's why I like it because I may not typically go out and farm for those. You still like tracks, it, but I yeah, love you're that still into it. So it's probably you're not exploring it. Yes, but like it still, it still gets in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a groove. This track is such a groove. It's 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 that nostalgia hit that butterfly kiss from Persona Five doesn't have. Persona, it's the the track from Persona Five. All the tracks from Persona Five are super clean. They're so well produced. They're rounded. They're the the bass and the drums and the guitar. It's, it's really well crafted music. And this is like, let's just make it sound like it's from the '90s. If you had to name your favorite Persona Five track, do you think you could? Um, yes. I I can't remember the name of it. It is the theme of the, the Egyptian style stage. Oh, what when your mother was. Where your yeah, mother was, yeah, yeah, the little girl, the little girl Futaba. stage, Futaba stage, yeah, yeah. I just I couldn't remember the name. I bet um, Martyrs probably does, but it was something like where from where your mother came from or something like that. Yeah, so um, it's, oh, the name of the track is, is that. Yeah. yeah, so it's either Futaba stage or it was that last one. I think my favorite track in the game, as weird as it may come across, is Price, the oh, track that plays in the at the bank, coffee shop music, coffee shop. Yeah, music. Oh my god, the coffee shop music. What's it called again? It's, it's called that one. I don't know. Yeah, the coffee shop music. The coffee shop music. <laughs> it's the coffee shop music. But no, the, that's it. That's the number one. That's it. That's the number one. But for me, the bank track called Price yeah. is God. I track please. It's, yeah, it's the bank so track. Good. Yeah, that was really good. I really enjoyed that one. I think my least favorite was probably on the ship. I don't think I like that. Oh, one. Oh, I loved yeah. Ark. Arc, yeah, on the arc. I love dark. I can understand disliking it though, primarily because it's like freaking Stockholm syndrome. You spend. Remember, oh. I spent an entire night doing that dungeon. I couldn't stop. I, was like, I thought that was the end of the game. I was like, I got to get to the end. Yeah, it, got it to the keeps end. going, keeps going. Keeps the going. sun came up. I got to that dungeon at 10 p.m., <laughs> and the sun came up before I was done. That's a lot. I mean, that the end of that game is, is lengthy. Yes, it is. Yeah, I kept thinking it was going to be over all of a sudden, and it just wasn't. But, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, the coffee shop music is the best. And there it is. Martyrs came through. It was track titled Days When My Mother Was There. Yeah, that's a great song. That's probably number two, then. Um, wow. All right, here we go. 
We are, we are, we are finally. I'm not turning this track down for the bonus round. Oh no, oh no. This is just the final track. This is it. This is the final track. Though this we is, could, we could do honorable mention. We could do an honorable mention. I wouldn't mind doing an honorable mention. Okay, but we got to know number one. What is number one in Purnell's mind from the last year? Anyway, all right, that we played on the show. Okay, this is going to seem like I said I'm torn out how this is going to play out between the one and the two, but. This is from also the Too Many Mechs episode, 33-3, aired June 22nd, 2022. Mm. This comes from the game Metal Wolf Chaos, and the track oh. title is called Metal Fighter, composed by Kota Hoshino. Kota Hoshino. I was wondering when we were going to hear him again, and I yeah. kind of forgot about it. Yeah. I let that simmer for a bit. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited again. Here we go. <laughs> Good, 
That I mean that 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 was the number one. Yeah, if so you definitely think this was the one that, that was the, oh yeah it has the right place on the list of the of the of the story arc of the episode, <laughs> <laughs> the hero's journey. I mean, I get why you like that last one very much. I mean, I, that totally makes sense to me. Room seven oh seven. I got it. I got mm-hmm. it. That makes sense. But to be in the top three is unusual. Yes. Yeah, because you probably heard it so much. I understand you got to put it in there. It has a place. It has a place. Yeah. But this track, oh, my God. Now, it was already in the top three. But then I I had to run a bunch of errands yesterday before eventually going to hang out with Francis and then drive home. I'm not exaggerating. And this is going to sound really weird, but this is me we're talking about, so everything's weird. I bopped this track for maybe three quarters of the trip, both ways. This track was just loop, and I was fine with it because I liked the sound while I was propelling up the highway. I I was like, you know what? I can't not move it up. The fact that I can listen to this ad nauseum over and over again, that's one perk. Like, people say this, like, you know, like, you know, I always talk like, you know, it'd be nice if I had a driving companion and stuff like that. One perk to not having that, aside from like having to you know deal with another person if you're stuck in traffic. Oh, you can listen to whatever you want. Listen to whatever you want, <laughs> as much as you want. Yeah. No one's to say, are you listening to this stupid track again? Like, yeah, I am. Nobody's going to tell me no. It's so good. Yes, uh, Mike, uh, the room does need some posters. Actually, I need to decorate this room. I never really decorated it. What I've discovered uh, behind me is my turntable set up. You can see my records in the screen. Um, is we, we painted this wall a light green, which is, I mean, I didn't realize that. If I get the right lighting in here, it's a green screen. Huh. So when I when I stream my DJ sets, I'm going to do like some kind of fun green screen thing. He's right at there. the beach. So I'm, I'm at the be- Oh, I'm at a parking garage. I don't know why it's a parking garage. <laughs> I'm in the parking garage. Oh, I'm in the grocery but, store. But this room does need something. And I feel like I've just, I've, I keep... I keep wavering on what to add to the room, you know? Well, think of some stuff, like game-related stuff, that like games that mean a lot to you, and yeah. then get images of, like, components. Like, an easy one would be, like, some sort of portrait related to dance arrows. Or, oh, like, having, yeah, like, some yeah. arrows, like, just scrolling up the wall. I was originally thinking of, like, my old joysticks and old game systems and, like, mounting them to the wall. But, like, that would stick out too much, and there's only so much room down here, but... He's DJing in the basement. That's <laughs> <laughs> so. it's the basement. <laughs> um, or use the vinyl covers. I could use the vinyl covers, but I like my vinyl covers, so I'm not gonna. And I play the, I play those records anyway. Okay, Mex, uh, what's this? Metal Storm Chaos. Oh, Metal Wolf. Chaos. Metal Wolf Chaos. You play as the president. Yes, the president of the United States, doing battle against the vice president of the United States. <laughs> And I love it so much because, like, it is. he's extremely patriotic. He's like, I'm doing this for the greatest nation in the nation in the world, the United States of America. So uh, The game soundtrack is titled The President's Spirit. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I, 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 this is one of those games where, like, I heard a lot of stories about it when it came out. Like, it was pretty much developed with America in mind, in fact. Um but I never got around to playing it because it was a Japanese import only. Max, <laughs> our friend Max was a big fan of it back in the day. He was the person who told me about its existence. And then it got a updated port to the Xbox One, like in like 2019 or 2020. And uh, actually, I'm probably wrong. Could have been within a, between 2019 and 2021. I'm leaving it at that. And uh, a review code came through, so I was able to try. Like, I finally checked that box. I can experience Mecha President. And it, whole, it it absolutely rings true. Like it's got some performancey things. Like it's not perfect, 
but you know what you're getting coming in. And yeah. as long as you know that and you accept that, you're in for a ride. <laughs> Just tearing through the streets while, like, your secretary's, like, telling you about how much damage you're racking up. <laughs> She's, like, giving you, like, these red, like, like very straight-voiced pep talks and statements and speeches. I'm doing it for freedom. So good. Um, so my next, so this next game, my fi- my number one track, I've also can listen to over and over again. It's not actually it's, this would be perfect. It's not. Mike's the, suggestion was good. Uh, Mike's suggestion. Given oh, how much you like oh, that game? Oh, oh, the world map of Final Fantasy X, Spira. Yeah, yeah on the wall would be really like a good. portrait of Spira in fact. No, that's not a bad idea. I think I should try that. Something, something similar to that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm 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 wavering because I don't want to I don't want to ruin the room. I don't want and also it's only there's so much in here. I don't want to make it feel more closed in. Well, you can always or I don't want it to feel like there's a geeky man that lives down here. You know, I don't well, want it like that either. Well, that's the trick when it comes to video that's, game art. It just needs to be things that if someone were to look at it, if they weren't in the know, it would just be a map. Yeah, it would just be something. Yeah, I want it to look intentional. Intention yes. intentional is what I want them to. Look. I don't even like those. I need those. Those little shelving, oh, like plastic Tupperware tubs. shelving things, because I have so many cables. But I hate the way they look. Um, all right, so this game, I played, I played music from this game, the only song from this game, on episode thirty-two dash eight, the mm-hmm. Purnell Multiverse. Oh, I don't know why I played this song. <laughs> Maybe I can guess. It's a, it's it's music about uh, the game is about life. It's about becoming old. And and discovering life again. It's about being vulnerable with other people. It tells a story, and it's it's really pixely, and it has one of the greatest theme songs ever. The game is Retired Men's Nude Beach Volleyball. Yes, I remember now. We had, it was just on because you were doing research for the show. Yes, and the previous episode. Um, oh, that's probably Brooke why. And yeah. Chris and Joe had all played this game, and yeah. it touched them all. Like, in the craziest way. Like, they were like, this game is amazing. And then you looked into it, and you felt the same way. I thought, it's just, it's so good. And you really have to play it beginning to end. You are old men playing beach volleyball, and you're all nude. But it's it's very pixely cartoony. And it's just, it's really, really good. It's an extremely heartfelt game. It's so heartfelt. Um, the music is the music is by Calvero. Um, and the, the the creator of the game, Will Brierly, wrote the song. There is a 30-minute YouTube video by Calvero about how he put the song together because he just he's so proud of it. He wanted everyone to, to, to see how it went. <laughs> well, it's Chris, so don't good. come in here. I'm doing research for the show. <laughs> <laughs> I just pitched like, Rob, what is this? It's a I, game. It's a game. I was telling Christy, I was like, this is this is like the best song. This is the best song. And I and the in the video of the guy making it was like. He said, your job as a producer, when someone sends you a really good song, is just don't mess it up. When it's perfect as it is, mm-hmm. you just get out of the way and just let the song be the song. And it's it's so, so good. So we're going to listen to the theme song. I really wanted to play this early, too, because I wanted I want people to know about this music. The Retired Men's Nude Beach Volleyball by Calvero and Will Brierly. You gotta play with your heart. Give it all that you got. Shot, serve it up on the ball with everything you got. Stand in the sand, you're a retired man. Yeah, this is life. Here you are, back and forth. This is your plan. 
the uh, the top comment on this YouTube video, wherever it's shared, is why it can't it be longer? <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good song. It's just it's it sticks. It sticks. That's number one. Number one, I beat every song. Hey. All of your songs, all of my songs. Hey, I beat hey, every hey, one of them. hey, let's not go nuts. <laughs> it's so good. But I will say I do agree. It deserves its place in the top. It's in the top. On the shelf. Yeah. Next to all the glistening trophies. In fact, um, I'm going to go and revise my Masters of EGM. Calvero. Smack dab on Mount. Well, I mean. Nobuo Uematsu, you're out of here. Get out. Well, I mean, Bedros inquiring about us doing it again next year. So if that happens, hey, you can scream. I'll play it again. You thought I was going to play the dog song from Silent Hill. Hey, there's, <laughs> hey, it's not too late. I don't trust you. <laughs> it's still in there somewhere waiting. Then again, you then again you really couldn't because even though you did, well, I guess you did play it during the year at some <laughs> point, so you technically could. Sneak I would it in I would there. just play it as a gag. I would play it as a gag. <laughs> Someone's got to remix that just to really add some iron to the skillet. Um, so we're gonna go out on the theme song. Wait, no, no, we we got come on one more. We got to do our honorable mention. You want to do an honorable mention? Yeah, the one that almost made the cut. All right. Well, I had to get scratched off the it, list. I have one bonus beats, but I'm not going to play it. I'll play it later. I'll, I'll mention it later. Okay. No, no, I won the, there was one that I took off. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're doing the one that fell off the cliff. The one that got away. The okay. one that does, didn't build his upper arm strength to pull itself up. <laughs> All right. So this last track, which I did cross off earlier in the episode because I had to make room for um, the Battle Bands track. This came from also episode 35-1, Hard as Nails with Chris Baines, aired November 16th, 2022. This is my honorable mention. This came from the game Scourgebringer. The track title is called Frozen Keep and is composed by Junis Turner.
see, I can see why this is an honorable mention. Yeah, because it's it's really hard. It's really heavy. Yes, this is like my metal my metal contribution <laughs> to the top tracks. But I love this OST. I love this track. It feels so good to my ears, and it really keeps the tension high. I still reference this game when it comes to like games that I feel do you know momentum in the best way possible. Kinetic motion and momentum, like just like bouncing off of things and hitting guys, to propel yourself to the next enemy. And dodging properly, knocking bullets back, it does it all perfectly. Like, the only flaw it's got is that it's not delivered. It's like a roguelike. So, you know, randomly generated rooms and stuff. Right, right. So there, you could get stuck. Maybe not stuck, but you could. It's hard to build, a, like, a flow. Like, you're mm. just like, I'm going from room to room and something happens. But when you're in that room, oh, it's all, it's knives out. <laughs> just get to stab it. It's so good. All right, so my honorable mention is from, oh, Good God, what was the what was that? It was the Madden Effect, 33-1. This is the title theme from Bomberman World oh. for the PlayStation. This is by Hirano Yamamoto. Yeah, that was a title from Bomberman World for the PlayStation by Hirano Yamamoto. I, I love that. It's got that. It's got the fun jungle vibe mixed with the um, like a um, what's that? What's that game called? You know, it's online. It used to it was a, it was a uh, RPG on the Dreamcast. The RPG on Dreamcast. There's yeah, Skies of Arcadia. Online. Oh, it was online. Fantasy Star Online. Fantasy Star Online. Oh my God, you had trouble remembering that one. I see the P. <laughs> but you don't normally spell the word fantasy with a P for now. That is true. <laughs> Sega was doing his own thing with it. They're that doing one. their own thing, but that's, I think I, that's why I liked about that track a lot. And it's also like it's 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 just a little too short though, so I kind of just mixed it out of the, the top. Check it over. Yeah, it lost it lost its place. It lost its place. Um, but yeah, so this has been our top ten tracks plus the little bonus. <laughs> we had to have some form of bonus round in the back there. Yeah. You know. Um, so I want to thank everybody for joining. I want to thank everybody who's been listening to the show for, for seven years. If you've been listening for since the beginning, or if you just joined with us last week, we really appreciate it. I much agree. It's just nice to, like I said, when we originally, I say this all the time, but when we originally started the show, Rob had an idea. He missed legacy music hour. He wanted to bring it back because it was like, he felt there was a void in the, yeah. in the, in the ether out there. So he wanted to do a show. And he goes, hey, Purnell, you want to do a podcast? I'm like, would people even listen to us? You never, yeah, I was like, you, you'd be surprised what I listen to. Yeah. And then in the end, I was like, <laughs> okay, let's do it. Because in the end, I was like, I enjoy hanging out with my friend. And On the beach. We get, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like, even if we only got like one listener, yeah, it would have been enough because that one listener's happy to listen to the show. So that was what it was all about. And yeah. for a while, there really was like no feedback. No one was like paying, giving context or feedback or anything. But then 
I want to say the actual first reach out we ever got may have been from like Ed Wilson and them on like World Four. Yeah, I think so. That was one thing when we started to like discover there's there were other people doing this yeah. too. They we just started reaching out to each other. Probably should have done that from the start. <laughs> um, but then out of nowhere, yeah. we started occasionally, every once in a while, we would get emails. We would get people who were like, because we didn't have the Discord yet, so people were reaching out to us mostly through email, I think. Yeah, mostly email. We, the Facebook was more of a thing early on. I had a group. I had a Facebook group, and I got rid of that. I think actually it's still out there. I just don't look at it. Yeah, because in the end, it's like I feel like most like, most of the dialogue happens in like the Discord because the major dream was always to get people that would communicate with each other in the chat, yeah. and then we could hang out with them when we had a chance. So it could just be like this organic space for people just to kind of come together, and say, "I'm playing this game today," or "I'm listening to this great music track." You know, yeah. it'd just be nice, you know. Yeah, but I like th- the, the Discord was like a natural shift for the community for for most video game communities. So I think for the for podcasters like us, it's just a great way to like kind of connect with listeners without being, well, having to be super invested into it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like there as an app on my phone, and I kind of look at it every once in a while. So I'm not really really active on Discord. Every once in a while, I'll have a couple of beers and make like a GIFathon <laughs> channel where everyone puts funny GIFs, and then I delete it immediately. And I have bursts. Yeah, you go in there and like yeah, we kind of go in through bursts, but um, it's a good place to. Also, it was like I was having to. to to um to promote our live shows every month was I had to do it in like six different places and mm-hmm. I was just like most people are on Discord they understand Discord or the website yeah it all makes sense so um yes this episode is live it was free on twitch.tv slash rhythm and pixels um where our radio station has been for the past I don't know five or six months now um by our next by the time this episode comes out our radio station will be back on YouTube. YouTube signs everything from Square Enix. If there's anything from Square or Enix or published by Square or Enix, it's not going to be on there anymore. Um, you go to youtube.com slash rhythm and pixels is our 24 seven radio stations. Come back. It's coming back it's coming baby back. in pog form. I'm going to have to review the, the playlist one more time. Yeah, if you want, you can send it to me. I'll do a double back too. Yeah. Yeah. I think we looked at it for a while. I just, it's been a while since we looked at it again. So we'll go back and, and just make some safety cuts <laughs> just to be sure. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, if you want to talk to us about the show, if you want to say hi, if you have a track suggestion, topic suggestion, if you just want to say congratulations on seven years, send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for a full track listing of this episode and access to all of our episodes, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. Um, yes, so our feed only goes back 150 episodes. That is a... That's because I use WordPress.com, their hosted WordPress solution for the feed, and that's just where they cap it. And I think mainly because they think that um, the feed would be too much, it'd be too big to download if it was over, you know, 150 episodes. But most podcasts, they don't care; they just do it anyway. So I'm thinking about moving the feed somewhere, but I'm afraid to do that because then people's feeds are going to break. Yeah, and I don't want to break it, especially like on Spotify. Oh yeah, that's Spotify's worst. Yeah, yeah I, Spotify. I, so it makes everything so much easier to listen to. Spotify and Apple are like the, the two big ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because YouTube is a weird one where it's like yeah. sometimes it's like are people using it, but you never know. Somebody might be at work and it's like this is where they can get it, so they'll I, go to YouTube. I use it because like especially for this episode, I was like trying to track down tracks. I'll I'll look at the episode list, uh, figure out what song was in that episode, and you can just jump to it on the on the chapters on the on the YouTube on YouTube. So yeah, all the episodes are on YouTube. YouTube.com slash rhythm and pixels. This uh, we are airing this on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash rhythm and pixels. Soon will probably just be. Um, 
maybe some gameplay footage and some other stuff we can we can use it to promote whatever you're going to do next actually whatever you're going to do we can just use the rhythm pixels twitch oh that'd be cool so we'll just go off of that so um we can talk more about that later we're going to continue our celebration after the show with pizza and, and board, board games, games. yeah um, so what we are going to do tonight um and then uh also if you want to support our show the best thing you can do is just tell people about it tell them about it Listen to them funky board game beats. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels and you can support us there. Um, you get access to a monthly live stream of our episodes. Um, uh, we record an episode every month. I'm still crashing out at the end of every. <laughs> I love how it's not even it's like it's, it's, mid afternoon. I only have so much energy. I can only go so far. Um, yeah, so you get access to that. Um, at the higher levels of the Patreon, you get cool stuff like stickers. There's mugs. There's T-shirts. You can even put um, your own words, your own voice onto our YouTube station as kind of like a, like a commercial every 10 or 20 songs. And we have some people are taking advantage of that. Some people aren't. You don't have to. We also like to thank all of the people on our Patreon who are at the highest levels every week on our show. So we want to thank Brooke, Frankly Zappa, and Khalid, the three of you, Thank you very, very much. You all are amazing people. Much, much appreciated. Thank you. Giving you all virtual hugs. Virtual hugs. Um, (laughs) We also want to thank one, number one. Thank Kristen, GameFan44. Thank you, Martyrus, Mike Myers, Alf Person, Vashon8060, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. The wise guy. Uh, Christopher Sendstrom, Chuck Kowalski, Davey Cakes, David Taylor, Enchilada Bregol, Harold Howard, Triple Jeff, Justin Schneider, host of XVGM Radio, Keith Shusterman, Michael Bridgewater, Rage Cage, host of the Re-VGM. No. No, no, no. Host of the VGM Porium. Got it mixed up. VGM All the muck that's fit to rake at a deal. Where's that Bargain Bins episode, man? I want a five-finger discount. Uh, Reinhard Selkova, Romancing Sagat, 81. Sleepy S'more, Stephen Miller, Taco, Ed Wilson, host of the VG Embassy, our podcast father, and Zach Thornbach. All of you and many, 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 many more. Thank you very much for your support of our show. And thank you for sticking it out with us, all of you. This is, uh, oh, my God. It, I guess it, it really does mean a, a journey. Lot. It's been a big journey. It really has. Like, our lives are literally in completely different places than they were when we started doing the show. Very yeah, different Very different places. places. Yeah, yeah. Like, our, 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 our hair. <laughs> I've gone gray. I've got less hair. Yeah, during the show. Um yeah, a lot, a lot has happened, and a lot is still to come for us personally and for the show. I think the show is going to stay like a, like a constant while everything else keeps changing. Yes, so that's kind of fun. So I like that. That's just how it is. Like, and I think it's nice that people can kind of come to the show and kind of feel like, hey, these guys are hanging out. We can hang out with them. Like, it's that, it's that funny meme that people put out there where the kids sitting on the ground eating ice cream next to the billboard. But I like to think that in some respects we are the billboard, but we can actually talk. Like, we're like, hey, you know, because at the same time, it's like we encourage emails. We encourage the discord. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, you are talking to a billboard during the airing of the show, but you're always welcome to come and chat when it's over. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and at MAGFest 2023, come see us on Saturday night. We'll be there all day Saturday, I'm sure, and all evening Saturday. So come find us. The anxiety will be strong, but Uh, that's what makes it um, better. I think we should organize like uh, like a podcast meetup 
I'm sure some other podcasters will be there. Oh, I think that would be, cool. be really, really good to get everyone together. So if you want to see us there, come say hi. Um, if you want, we don't, I'm not, I'm not going to shake hands, but if you want to do like that elbow thing that I do, I mean, I got the best elbow thing. I mean, just wash your hands. I'll, sh- I'll give you a hug. Just, I'll do it. He'll I do just it. request when you go to the bathroom, wash your hands, 20 seconds, sing the happy birthday song. <laughs> Soap and water, please. You know what I do is um, I turn the ho- I, try, I try to get the water on, but I leave it on until it gets really, really hot. Uh-huh. And then I sing. As your skin's melting into the sink. Um but yeah, yeah. So see us there. Um, maybe we can all get a meal together. I think it would be a lot of fun. There's, maybe there's a concert that we can all go and hang out together to That'd go be see. Fun. There's so much going on at Magfest. It was overwhelming last year. I will be overwhelmed again. As it tends to be. Yeah. The trick is to go knowing you can't do everything. So I you know. just kind of wander. I know. I just kind of wander. I, I was with Cameron, and and God bless him. He just kind of stuck with me as I just was like, I want to go to this concert. I want to go to this concert. See it for now. <laughs> like later. I see everything. Um, there's just too much to see. And Bro, then what th- are you doing? Playing U-Beat. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I think I think I'm going to spend more time in the arcade just playing games. That's just I mean that's just ultimately what I want to do anyway, so it's the way to go. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to the show. Thank you everyone else who tuned in on Twitch to to watch us. Um, and here's to another 7 years of Rhythm and Pixels. Thank you very much. My name is Rob Nichols and I'm Pernell. Have a great weekend. And remember Again, just thank you for being supportive of our show. Thank you for hanging out with us and, you know, going through the highs and the lows of our antics and adventures on this podcast. But most importantly, thank you for being friendly and supportive people because I swear to God, the more I go on the internet, I go to different like groups or like like pages that people advertise, whether it's a top 10 list of games or favorite music or whatever, the amount of vitriol that people will spit for no apparent reason, just blows my freaking mind. And it does weigh heavy on creators, whether the people realize it or not. At the end of the day, what people like is what they like, and if you disagree with them, rather than be a jerk about it, just say, hey, by the way, have you thought about this game or this track or this thing or this thing? But other than that, just be encouraging or say nothing at all. Both are viable tactics, but to don't be a jerk. And I'm glad and appreciative of the fact that pretty much everyone that we communicate with that listens to this show, for the most part, are very supportive and friendly people. And I also think about that in the sense that you guys likely also pay it forward to other people you interact with as well on the internet, not just us. So thank you for being great people. And thank you for being extremely supportive of what we do and likely what your friends and family do as well. You're all great people. And thank you. Remember that message.